fan. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. It is a Thursday. It may be cloudy outside, but uh, blue skies inside XL Energy Center in metaphorical fashion because the Minnesota Wild are back home, set to play the Las Vegas Golden Knights this evening. About to 8.30, 8.40 for the puck drop. Game 3, Stanley Cup playoffs, and Box in the Box is uh, at said arena to uh, commemorate said game, courtesy of Brian Heating and Cooling. It's Paul Allen, and uh, Eric Nordquist is the on-site producer. Brett Blakemore is guiding the Great Ship Love Covenant from FM 100.3 KFAN, and uh, we're very happy to be joined by Minnesota Wild coach Dean Evison. Coach Evison, uh, welcome home. Uh, glad you got home safely. Outside of the games, how was Las Vegas? Did you have a good time? <laughs> yeah, as much as uh, the NHL bubble will allow us, but uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was good. It was hot. Um, it's uh, obviously muggy here today too because we're feeling it down here in the dressing room. You um uh, you get out for a buffet. Uh, certainly not a show. Probably not enough time, but you get a good buffet and I don't know maybe walk the streets a little bit to clear your mind. Yeah, we're able to get out and walk around, but uh, but we're pretty uh, um, pretty enclosed with our our bubble as far as uh, our meals and what have you are all uh, in the hotel. But uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, it was uh, obviously a you know a nice couple of uh, couple of games. Obviously, one uh, one real good one, and uh, the other one uh, got away from us a little bit. But uh, but we were happy with both. Got uh, got away from you in that you didn't win the game. Yeah, I understand that. But, um, you know, I'm a casual hockey guy, and you're a National Hockey League head coach. So with respect, it, it, in following these games and watching them, Dean, I mean, the, the team mostly is playing great, isn't it? Yeah, we've we've done a lot of really good things, and obviously we match up real well against uh, against Vegas, and they're very very tight games, and uh, you know, uh, you know, not too much separates uh, you know uh, a goal or, or you know what have you, and plays throughout the the series so far. So we don't expect it to uh, to change here tonight. So, uh, so game two, Dean, when Dumba gets that goal and everything feels good and stuff, and you know there there was uh, an immense puck battle along the boards. Greenway just goes to grinding, and it was just a work of art with Felino and the screen and everything, you know. But then, boom, they come back, uh, they come back and score uh, like thirty seconds later or whatever. What are those emotions like, man? Like, like on the bench as a leader, as a coach, it's exaltation, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, what happened? Yeah, it's unfortunate. We, uh, uh, we, we tried to get the puck deep. Obviously, after a goal, you'd like to, you know, get it 
into their zone and just grind and, and keep that momentum uh, going your way. And um, we tried to get it in twice, and uh, they, you know, did the right things. They they made good plays, knocked it down, and and came back at us, and then uh, you know scored the goal. But that's that's how uh, you know how how it goes. Obviously, it was a big swing. Uh, like you said, there's uh, a lot of emotions on our side, but uh, you know clearly it wasn't. Uh, you know, good feeling when they scored right away, but our guys did a real good job and we have all season long of, of, uh, you know, not panicking and not letting it get to us and we just stayed the course after that and they, uh, they obviously got one more bounce than we did. When, um, uh, when you watch them back, Dean, um, are, are you feeling confident that beginning this evening, specifically the way you guys scored at home, and 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 you have offensive firepower. I mean, we've seen it all season. Um, are, do, do you have at least a decent feeling you guys can start getting some pass flurry? Well, hundred percent. We, uh, you know, he, clearly he's a great goaltender, and he has been for a long time, and he's won, and all those, uh, um, you know, accolades that he's getting are, are, are warranted. But we. We do feel that we we are getting real good opportunities, real good looks. Clearly, we'd like to, you know, uh, cliches of, of getting in his eyes and, and not letting him see and, and screens, as you as you mentioned, PA the Dumba goal um, was one where he had no idea it was coming. So we certainly have to continue to to try to get those opportunities. But the looks that we are getting, we are very pleased with as far as what we are doing uh in order to to generate those opportunities it's it's not they're just not coming um you know by fluke we're doing a lot of good things um so we've got to stay the course continue to do that and believe that uh that we're going to get a few by them when uh when, when ian cole who who has been fantastic for you and he has that cup cred when when he throws that elbow and goes to the box and and then you get him back on the bench, and in patented Dean Evason fashion, you say, "Ian, what was your read? <laughs> what uh, what was his response to that one? Did he just like go out of body?" <laughs> it happens, right? Um, it happens in games. Guys' emotions are are high, and it it, it happens a lot. He just happened to get caught. Uh, it's uh, it's getting it's getting rather chippy, and and obviously, you know, there there are going to be a lot of emotions, specifically um, as frequently as you have beaten the Las Vegas Golden Knights over X amount of years, including the season and the series. You stole Game One, which was fantastic, um, and and staying out of the box is tantamount um, in, in the postseason, obviously. But what what do you think are some things that are leading to the aggravation and and things getting chippy and cantankerous? Honestly, PA, I think it's just playoff hockey. Um, you know, you watch uh, all the games. Certainly, uh, you know, the, last night there was a, a lot of physicality. I think our our series. I, I think with our groups matching up so well. Um, you know, our depth of all four lines and six D. Everybody's playing. Um, everybody's into it. They've got a physicality uh, aspect to their game, and and we certainly do as well. So it just uh, you know playoff hockey. That's that's the way it is. I think. I think it'll, uh, well, it probably won't slow down here uh, early in tonight's hockey game, but as the series goes on, it, uh, you know, they always seem to taper off a little bit. It's hard to, you know, continually have 70 some hits aside uh, like we did in game one, but, you know, that's the type of game that we want to play. We're comfortable playing in that style. Um, we're okay with, uh, you know, them trying to be physical. Hopefully we can use that to our advantage. Uh, with, uh, with, with the work, uh, Dean Evison, coach of the Minnesota Wild, 9 to noon, 907. Good morning. Uh, with the work in front, 
bunch of uh, Mark Andre Fleury by your guys when they go to grinding and 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 granted, I mean, there what what has there been one juicy rebound in the in the uh, in the first two games, so he's not giving up much. But with the work in front of Fleury, do you need more, or is it okay the way it is? No, we we definitely need to get there. Um, we need to. One of our our thoughts and, and keys here tonight is just to sling a few more pucks in there. Um, a lot of the saves that he's making, clearly he's making some spectacular ones, but a lot of them that he's making, he's getting set um, and he's able to, uh, um, you know, certainly in game one, make a lot of glove saves um, where you know physically he's set, he's ready. Um, so we need to get some pucks uh, moving to towards the net before he is or or as he's moving from side to side or or from low to high getting up um we just need to get a lot more pucks there and then uh you know try to get in front of the net clearly they're boxing out really well that's what we want to do in our defensive zone as well um but uh, we've got to have a little more will to get there how about um how about the rask crossbar are you freaking kidding me oh my god i mean it's puck luck game of inches every cliche you want to throw out there are you kidding me with that that was so frustrating yeah no no question i mean a great play by kevin uh you know and that line was real good last game um but yeah i mean it just makes a perfect play uh perfect shot uh not quite perfect obviously because it didn't go barred down um but uh but all uh all the right things and uh you know to get up the ice on that two-on-one so um you know every night there seems to be you know a different line a different couple of guys that have uh you know uh had really good looks um we need to have uh you know everybody having those type of looks here tonight having um having last change being at home where does that help you most um, you know, obviously we can free some people up. Um, you know, they've they've obviously got a you know a game plan to play against Carril uh, uh, and uh, especially so. Um, you know, we'll we'll try to get him uh, freed up a little bit from uh, from what we believe is their uh, their their matchup game. But uh, end of the day. Um, it doesn't matter who we're playing against, who he's playing against. Uh, you know, we've got to go out and roll our four lines with our depth and, and hopefully grind away and, uh, find ways to, to score some different goals. Not just, not just pretty goals, not just gritty goals, but, uh, get a little bit of both. Are, are they handling Kaprizov differently than you've seen this season? Just more attention. Just, just, you know, on the regular season teams, Clearly, are uh, are trying to do that every single game. It's just there's uh, there's a buy-in in the playoffs uh, with that end of the uh, game as far as committed to uh, keeping uh, special tabs on on special players. And uh, you know uh, we're no different from from our side, and uh, they're clearly uh, really doing a good job. Uh, you know, concentrating on him throughout the first two games. Did uh, did Kevin Fiala require a hug after game two? I mean, so many awesome. Chances? Are you kidding me here, Dean? You know what? After game one, PA he was frustrated. Uh, didn't show it. Didn't uh, it? Didn't. But he, when we talked to him, he was just like, you know, he needs to be better. I need. He literally said, I need to be better. I wasn't very good. And then he was great in game two. And uh, he, he's his maturity level. Uh, we, yeah, no, we don't have to hug him. We he's in a position now where he um, can pull himself uh, not only out of a, a subpar game in game one, but a great game in game two, and he'll be able to rebound here in game three with uh, with a great effort tonight. And you had him in Milwaukee, right? Correct. 
So, I mean, to see him from there through everything first Bruce, now you have worked through with that two-way game, and to say, you know, the surrogate son, who happens to be very gifted at hockey, doesn't require a hug, I mean, those are major steps for, for a young man at this level, right? Yeah, no question. And uh, we actually talked about it the other day. Uh, he, when he first came over, he was 18 years old. So uh, I've seen a maturity level and, and obviously a growth, uh, not only in his game, but in his, uh, um, you know, in his personality and, and uh, as, a, as a human being. And he's, he's, he's come a long way. And it's, uh, you know, doing that has filtered into his hockey game and it will continue to allow him to have success for a long time. Dean Evison, coach of the Minnesota Wild, the Wild and Vegas Golden Knights, about to 8.40, uh, somewhere between 8.30 and 8.40 tonight, XL Energy Center, Game 3. It is going to be fun. And, you know, you're, uh, you'll are you have like 4,600 fans here. In, in Vegas, I think they had like like seven to 9,000 or something, man. But with the way they do those seats, it looked like it was sold out. Was it, uh, despite, you know, not being full, uh, was it a playoff atmosphere? It looked loud. Yeah, it, it it really was. They uh, they do a good job there, um, but uh, you know we anticipate and know that our fans will uh, do the exact same thing. Um, we're excited to uh, to have them. Obviously, uh, when when it happened during the regular season, it was it was absolutely awesome. We know that they're going to be loud and vocal and give us energy here tonight. While um, Dean, while, while not being perfect, how dynamite overall has your defense been? Yeah, you know what? We've done a real good job in, in front of Cam. Cam's clearly done a real good job of smothering pucks, um, but he hasn't seen those second and third opportunities, I think, are, and or he's seen uh, pucks. Yeah, we've done a real good job of, uh, of, of boxing out in front of him and not allowing them to get to the front of the net so that he can uh, make that initial first save. So we have to continue that because clearly they're their uh, game plan will be the same as ours and trying to get to the net and trying to screen and tip and all that uh, all those good things so um, but our, our D has really been committed and uh, we need them obviously to continue to do that time for two more and um, and conversely Vegas with the analytics and with the statistics season long defensively are very well respected so with with, with the Golden Knights defensive scheme is it scheme or really good players or both? Uh, it's, it's it's a little of both, clearly. Um, you know they've got uh, they've got real good players. They've been good in the league for for some time now, obviously. And uh, you know, but but yeah, I mean they're very well coached. They're uh, they 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 collapse and and uh, you know look after the front of the net. No different than a lot of uh, teams in the National Hockey League. And then compound that with the the commitment of the playoffs. It's difficult to get uh, not only pucks uh, and bodies there. Uh, it's difficult to score. Uh, big boy Greenway working hard to win that puck battle that led to uh, the goal we mentioned earlier. I mean, that was just fantastic, man. You guys had like three against their one, and you know, then then you win the battle and eventually get the goal from from, from Jordan Greenway. Just overall, what more can he give to help you guys? Well, he's played extremely well. He's played a very straightforward game, a very strong game, a very uh, a man's game down down low, the hanging on to the puck, and that line's been real good for us. It's uh, a line that really generates everything for us as far as momentum, um, offensively and defensively, and certainly the physicality, and we need them to uh, um, do that and more uh, for us to have success here tonight. Any, um, any lineup changes tonight? There will not be.
Uh, and why would there? You guys have played great the first two games. Uh, it, it's been fantastic so far, Dean. Can't wait uh, for the game this evening. Uh, appreciate it. Great job. Thanks for uh, joining the radio show, and uh, have fun, okay? Thanks, PA. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Dean Everson, coach of the Minnesota Wild. No lineup changes this evening, and why would there be? Uh, Nordo produces 9 to noon. Brett Blakemore is guiding the uh, the Great Ship Left Covenant at KFAN. Jamie Hirsch from NHL Network around the corner. But seriously, I mean, why would there be any lineup changes the way these guys have played the first two games? They're, they're, they're not up 2-0 for one reason. Marc-Andre Fleury. That's the only reason they're not. And the difference between the Victor Rask bar up or bar down is massive. I, I don't I, I know the Vegas Golden Knights don't have many of those scenarios where they can look at and be like, oh, my God, this bad luck happened there, that bad luck happened there. Talbot's made good saves. Flurry has made hockey immortality save after save after save after save after save. Why would there be any lineup changes tonight? No, there, there absolutely shouldn't be. And you can, you can microanalyze whether it's turnovers from Marcus Johansson or these various aspects of the game where you're like, wow, that was an awful moment by your favorite team. The Wild have outplayed the Golden Knights almost every stretch of the way through two games. About three quarters of the series. Except for one player. Yeah. And it is Flurry. And so the ability yeah. to get him here, and uh, I'm excited we're going to play that interview with Jamie. She makes a good point about getting after HOF early, so you're going to hear that from, from Jamie around the corner. But that was echoed by the head coach now this morning, where getting more pucks in there, getting more bodies in front of the net, and uh, and hopefully just cracking what seems to be that unbreakable uh, that wall in front of the net. Otherwise, everything's been going swimmingly, and I think that uh, I think we should see some positive things tonight. Bruh. We're here. Are you kidding me? We're here. Oh, my God. I don't care about the AQH. We're at XL Energy Center for a Stanley Cup playoff game. This is freaking awesome. This is unbelievable. Every time we come in here, it's just, it's an absolute blessing. We're going to get to see playoff <laughs> hockey right in front of our freaking faces. It's not box in the box in that we're not in the penalty box. It's We're, we're up on the concourse. We're getting horse on the concourse. If we legitimately had this these seats for the game tonight, oh my God, would this be beautiful. No lineup changes. There shouldn't be. And... Believe it or not, we are underdogs at home, despite being 19-2-2 yes. at XL Energy Center the last 23. Closed circuit to Power Trip Bets and Pat Micheletti, you know what to do. It's Paul Allen at XL Energy Center for Vox in the Box, courtesy of Brian Heating and Cooling. Back at the 651 Carpets Studios is Brett Blakemore, and uh, he executes the cash thing. I've got the cash thing. Good morning, guys. Uh, the fans trying to put a grand in your hand with the National Cash Contest. Head to KFAN.com, enter the keyword laugh. That is laugh to KFAN.com for your shot to win more. Vo- the Fan. Welcome back, 9 to noon. You heard from head coach Dean Evison. And one thing we're trying to do, get to KFAN.com, 9 to noon show page. Uh, you can see a video that Jamie Hirsch, formerly of Fox Sports North, now you see her on the fly or with Stanley Cup playoff coverage on NHL Network. Uh, she had a covenant catch-up of sorts with PA yesterday. We recorded the interview. We're playing it for you now. Take it away, PA. Oh, looky here. It's uh, Miss Ch- it's Champlin, Minnesota's Miss Jamie Hirsch, Hirsch, who has one and three-quarters children. God willing, that gets to two. You got the little boy. Uh, how close are we with number two, and what's going on? Good to see you. Good to see you, too. I've got about two months left. 
due in July. So I'm I'm literally hoping that I can wait till the Stanley Cup final is done. I'd love <laughs> to be able to to work throughout and be able to see a champion crowned and then have this baby. Uh, and she's talking about uh, NHL Network with superb, spectacular Stanley Cup playoff coverage. I caught uh, Miss Hirsch with uh, former Wild coach Bruce Boudreaux the other day. And um, you can watch Jamie on NHL tonight throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. Plus, NHL Network airs Game 1 of the Maple Leafs Canadians tonight, Thursday, at um, 6.30 Central. Maple Leafs and Canadians. I mean, holy cow. How good does that sound? It sounds great. And it sounds like something that uh, no one my age has ever witnessed because the last time they played the playoffs was 1979. And that's before the Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe was even born. It's before Joe Thornton was even born. So it's been a minute and uh, 42 years to be exact. And I think my like hot take prediction going into this uh, whole playoffs was that Montreal was still going to beat Toronto and the Leafs would still not win a playoff series again even though it's been 17 years since they've done that so I don't know we'll see what happens Toronto's totally stacked and definitely the favorite to win but you know Montreal just announced yesterday actually that they're going to allow fans in the building it'll be the first Canadian team to do so um, if it gets to a game six so if they get there I think that would be a huge advantage for the Habs and they're kind of they're sneaky. I don't. I'm not picking against the Habs. I'm going with Montreal in that series. How um, you know re- regarding baby number two and July, if these Stanley Cup playoff games keep being as exciting as they are, and like gets everything moving more quickly inside your body, it may be June. These games been so unbelievably good. Oh my gosh, I you are not kidding. I worked Sunday for the Wild game one with the Golden Knights with Bruce Boudreaux, <laughs> and. I'm not going to get into details. Let's just say it's personal for Bruce, so yeah. he's not entirely cheering for the Wild. I know what you mean. Um, and, of course, I am. So we were just kind of having fun with each other throughout the, throughout the game. That being said, it was so stressful. It was such a stressful game. <laughs> and at the end, I said the same thing. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I forgot how much I care in yeah. the playoffs. Like, I watch during the regular season. I want to know the team that I cheer for. But... Really, it's hard when you're covering all 31 teams to to live and die by the success of just one. And so I don't really find myself personally invested during the regular season. But something happens when playoffs start, and I was right back in it like I was at XL Energy Center, living and dying with every Marc-Andre Fleury save that was remarkable. Um, And and I was so thrilled that they won. And, you know, last night was tough, but um, game two was tough. We'll see how game three and they're shaking out because I think it's a, they're a totally different team when they go back to Minnesota. And they have been all year. So I'm picking the Wild to win this series. We'll see if they can do it. I'm going to take that uh, Boudreaux speculation a step farther. And I have not talked to him in about a month and a half. But I was watching when you went to break during the Wild Vegas Game 1 um, Saturday, uh, Sunday. And his former team, the Capitals, had already played great. And now his former team, the Wild, is starting to play great. Whoa, he looks sour when you went into break. And and I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm talking to Lisa, the FA, and I'm like, damn, look at Bruce right now, man. He just looks sour. He was not thrilled. And, I mean, I, I'll let him speak for himself, but basically the gist of it was, you know, it's it's like, 
your ex, seeing your ex with a new boyfriend or girlfriend, and you're, <laughs> it's, it's not a good feeling. And I tried to make the point to him, like, yeah, but these are still your guys. Like, he loves Joel Erickson Eck. Yeah. He loves Jordan Greenway. Um, he's, he roots for a lot of the guys, Jared Spurgeon still. And so I was like, don't you want them to do well? And he's like, yeah, but, and then went into why he still has a really hard time with it. Well, and, you know, it, it's hard to, it's hard to imagine, right? If the ear right. get fired and then you see them do well without you, that stinks. Yeah. I mean, but, but I mean, in, in fairness to Bruce, if it was an X and now you're watching that X succeed with the new one, it is fair to say, you know, when we were married, sure would have been nice to have that Russian kid who wears 97 zipping around the rink. <laughs> That's what I said too. <laughs> I said that too. I was like, you, did not have the luxury of having Kirill Kaprizov. And even though he didn't get on the score sheet in game one, my gosh, like he had an impact right from the get-go. He was blocking shots, which elite skilled players, it's scary for them to do that. And he still was doing that. I love at the very end of the game, watching the video of you know everyone kind of rushing on the ice and he waits to make sure he greets Cam Talbot first because it was a historic win for Cam Talbot, the 42 save shutout. And there's just so much the more I read about this kid that is is lovable and he's instantly a fan favorite and I can see why not just because of what he does on the ice but just kind of the person that he seems to be as well Minnesotan uh, Jamie Hirsch NHL Network you can watch Jamie on NHL tonight through the Stanley Cup playoffs and tonight Thursday it is Toronto and Montreal 630 Central uh, to start that playoff series now you know, you're an elite hockey mind, and you always have been. Granted, you're working with Bruce Boudreau. We got Kevin Weeks in the equation. I mean, you, you have some elite ho- hockey minds with whom you work. I want your answer, okay? How do you solve Mark Andre Fleury? Are you kidding me with these saves? It's crazy. I got, I had the pleasure of watching Fleury up close and personal uh, when he took the Vegas Golden Knights all the way to the cup final a few years ago. And He's amazing. He was amazing then, but the fact that now he's into his late 30s and still doing it, he's Kevin Weeks' pick to win the Vesna. So that just tells you everything you need to know right there about the kind of goalie the Wild are going up against. I will say, if he's shaky at all, it's, it's pretty evident early. So I feel like he's due, right? Like, he can't be that good every single game. So whether it's game three or game four or game five, as we're guaranteed at least five at this point, like, I think there's going to be a moment where he looks a little shaky early on, and if the Wild can just keep testing him, he might give up four or five. Like, he has those nights still. So I'm hoping, anyway, the fan in me is hoping that eventually he will look shakier than he has. Because to this point, even again last night, I mean, my gosh, like, the first period, it should have been 3 nothing Minnesota in game two. And it was scoreless, and then they ended up going on the lose. So I think Flurry is the only reason that Vegas is where they are right now. And, and Jamie, I mean, if there was any doubt capturing the imagination of the nation that Kirill Kaprizov is either a superstar now or is absolutely that close to it, the attention he's getting with the way they're overplaying the lanes and the deep dive they've done on the film to see where he likes to go. Kid still gets off wonderful passes. Man, he uh, he's being treated like a bona fide superstar. He is, yeah. And that's what's even more impressive is that, you know, he's no longer taking people by surprise. He has a target on his back. Everyone knows if you play the wild, that means you're stopping Kirill Kaprizov. And that's crazy that people already have that kind of respect for him. It took... You know, I mean, he's not a first overall draft pick or anything. This isn't Connor McDavid, but it's almost to that point where now he is 
the guy to stop if you're playing the Minnesota Wild. And I just love what he's done so far, and I love the way that he continues to just relish the big stage and enjoy the opportunity. And he does have experience. You know, we I still think that he for sure should win the Calder. There's a lot of talk about, oh, he already played professionally for five years in Russia, this, that. I don't care. This is the NHL. This is the best league in the world. And so you're still a rookie. You should still win the Calder. That being said, the experience is invaluable that he had over in the KHL. And that's showing right now where he's not shying away from anything. And I think it's only by the time before we see him really light it up in the playoffs. You, you, you mentioned Montreal with uh, that game one against Toronto on NHL Network Thursday night, 630 Central. That they'll have fans. Wild will have 4,500 game three, first home game against the 702. You, you watched that, uh, specifically the game two, uh, which took place on Tuesday at Las Vegas. You think there never was a pandemic? I mean, holy cow. They were yeah. just going nuts and having the greatest time ever. I know. It's really, it is so great to see fans back in the stands. And I don't know if you heard anything about Rod Brindamore and the comments he had over in Carolina after their game one. But it was really cool to hear him talk about how it was bigger than hockey because these people have been you know, waiting to get back to any sense of normalty, normalcy for over a year now, and they were allowed to have 12,000 fans at their game one, and that place was crazy. They were tailgating. The Brindamore kids were like out playing street hockey with other people's kids. and like, I mean, the whole thing, and then the building mm. itself, even though it was only 12,000, uh, I heard from people, Trip Tracy covers the team who's in the building. He said that it was just as loud as any playoff game that was actually at capacity has ever been. And so that just shows you the kind of impact that fans can have on the games, and especially these teams that were in the bubble last year. I mean, it's night and day. You can't, you can't fake fans being in the stands. You can pump in noise for the TV viewers, but all of the players will tell you that it was just bizarre and, and not fun to play without anyone in the stands. So it's great to see that there is a return, you know, a safe and healthy return for people to be able to go back and enjoy what we all love to do, which is watch hockey in person. What was um, uh, back in high school, uh, what was your best sport? My best sport that I played? I was good in volleyball. Okay. Volleyball, I played slow pitch softball. Got it. But okay. Fast pitch for a couple years, but volleyball. But knowing you as long as I have, so you were elite at volleyball. Your husband is a champion D-League softball player. I, I think they won titles in Andover, Fridley, Brooklyn Park, Brooklyn sure, Center, sure. and Champlin. So we, we, you and I, we never played hockey. And here's Matt Dumba laying his body on the line to block eight shots. Can you imagine how much that hurts? No, I can't. Oh, like, the puck hurts if, if you just even, like, drop it on your toe, right? Like, I've dropped plenty of t- pucks on my toe playing with my kid. That hurts. Having it slap shotted into you at 100 miles per hour, I mean, I can't even <laughs> imagine it. And I hope he's okay. I mean, hockey players are the toughest athletes in the world, mm. and it's amazing. Uh, do you, um, uh, Miss Jamie Hirsch, NHL Network, do you in any way miss Minnesota, or have you become edgy, cunning, crafty <laughs> New York City girl? Oh, I definitely miss Minnesota. I mean, I'm sitting here talking to you in a ponytail and workout clothes. It's not like I'm a fashionista right now. Um, no, I uh, I definitely miss Minnesota. I'm actually going to be back there for a few days in June and, uh, you know, the best time of the year to get out there. And it's been a year and a half since I've been there. It was Hockey Day 2020 that I was there last and had no idea it would be so long till I could return. So um, I totally miss Minnesota. I'm 
just horrified at what the twins have been doing lately, but I'm equally as excited about the wild. So my, mm. my point in saying that is that I'm still very much locked into the, the Twin Cities sports scene and um, love catching your show here and there. Aww. And yeah, it's uh, it's definitely always going to be home, no matter where my career kind of takes me. Uh, lastly, uh, through the early stages of the Stanley Cup playoffs, been some great games. Boston, Washington, Spine Tinglers, Wild Series, unbelievable. My favorite moment. Um, in everything I've seen so far, and I saw it via the highlights on NHL Network last night, Patrick Maroon looking at the Florida Panthers and saying, you're chicken, okay? And then somebody, like, yelled at him saying, me? And he goes, no, all of you, chicken. Are you kidding me? How cool was that? It was really cool, and that series has been everybody's favorites. We've had a lot of player guests on recently this week uh, on our different shows, and all of them have said that that's their favorite series to watch so far because of the fireworks after every single whistle. I mean, you think that these two have lengthy playoff history. No, this is the first time that Florida and Tampa have played each other in the playoffs, but you wouldn't know it by the way that it's gone down. So Pat Maroon, I mean, he's earned the right to do that, in my opinion. He's a back-to-back Stanley Cup champ with two different teams. So that's hilarious to me, and I was really hoping that Florida would then score a goal and, hmm. and do that as a selly. I mean, that would have been... <laughs> The ultimate yes. like, in your face. Here yeah. you go. Didn't happen. So until proven otherwise, Pat Maroon and the Lightning get to do whatever they want. So I don't know. Wait a minute. Did I miss at Jamie Hirsch on Twitter doing just the cutest little drawing of a path to the Stanley Cup? And I mean, basically <laughs> connecting the dots and coloring. Did did I miss that? Probably. It, it, well, the brackets are all messed up this year because it's all reseeded, right? And so if like Edmonton had finished over here, but Boston was higher ranked, and they have to like mix up the whole thing. So yeah, I definitely use the purple highlighter on my bracket. <laughs> I don't know, something's never changed. Hey, uh, God bless you and your family, young lady. Best of luck with that child in July, and uh, Thank thanks you. a lot for the time. We will be watching you and the Maple Leafs Thank and you. Canadians six thirty Central this evening, NHL Network. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you. So good to see you, PA. That's Jamie Hirsch, NHL Network, one of our own, Champlin, Minnesota's own, formerly Fox Sports North, and now with the NHL Network, a covenant catch-up and some wild opinions from Jamie with PA. It is 9 to noon. And just a reminder, Russo Radio around 10 o'clock, West Walls from Bally Sports North around 11. And uh, we are on site at the X. It's Vox in the... EKFAN. Kick off summer with the one and only season opener savings card from Wisconsin Dells. Every deal, every smile, every drop of fun, they're all here in this one card. Head to KFAN.com for your shot at scoring one today or stop by any Fratellone's location near you. Radio, Vox in the Box, XL Energy Center, 845 is the official puck drop time this evening uh, for a game you will hear between the Wild and the Vegas Golden Knights at FM 100.3 KFAN. The sounds of hockey always sound better in FM, 
as uh, members of the Minnesota Wild begin to trickle onto the ice for the morning skate. The Vegas Golden Knights may or may not be out at 11 or 11.15, the usual distraction factor time uh, with that 8.45 game this evening. Russo Radio is uh, coming up uh, about 10 minutes from now. You know, we um, yesterday, I believe it was, uh, we, we montaged to start the show a, a an old Boomtown Rat song called Up All Night. Up All Night. Ooh, we lost. Ooh. Up All Night. We lost to Vegas. Up All Night. And and for me, I, I don't know if it involved the macabre. I don't know if it was a perverse pleasure or the fact that we had a couple of delays at Canterbury Park last night. So we, I don't know, we were about an hour behind, something like that. And, and, and I just became infatuated with the Bally Sports North replay of the Twins and White Sox. Yeah. Because I didn't watch it during the day. It was the Giolito game. And I became mesmerized at how in control he was with his changeup against us. Yeah. Now, we can go punchless into the night with the best of them. We can go punchless into the day with the best of them. So none of that was surprising. What what I truly found joy in and, and just became immersed into an hour more of that replay than I ever thought I would for a team with, like, the worst record in Major League Baseball is because Nelson Cruz doesn't care about Lucas Giolito. No, he does not. Nelson Cruz, if he were a pitcher back in the day, he wouldn't care about Babe Ruth. He wouldn't care about Ted, Ted Williams, Roger Maris. He, he wouldn't care about Lou Gehrig or any of them if he were a pitcher. Uh, and, and if he were Nelson Cruz back in the day, he wouldn't care about Sandy Koufax or Bob Gibson. He didn't care about Lucas Giolito. I mean, it's another gloomy day at Target Field. Cruz goes two for four and hit a home run. Yeah. And he's the only twin to get a hit. So, so you know, I'm watching this changeup just mesmerize our guys up and down the lineup. And here's Nelly. Here's Nelson Cruz, who, despite his truncated stay here, he needs to be considered twins' immortality. In I some mean, ways, yeah. Yeah, twins fans, I mean, seriously... If you are baseball believers, get on your knees and thank your baseball gods that he's on your team. Uh, Not only was he the only one to get a hit, if you look up and down the box score, you see like Polanco, three at-bats, three strikeouts. Something called Garlic, three at-bats, three (laughs) strikeouts. You know, so Giolito is so in control, but then here comes Twins Immortality going two for four. And it's just an absolute treat having Nelson Cruz on that team, however long he's here. This probably is it. It might even be it before the season's over because, you know, he could be traded to a team with better postseason possibilities. But however long he's here, if you are a baseball believer, put those palms to the sky and thank whomever Nelson Cruz is on your punchless team. And, and we've done this before. Jim Tomey had a really nice little stint here about a decade ago. The, the Twins have missed on the aging slugger vibe many, 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 many times over the course of the years. But they've absolutely hit a home run um, 
no pun intended or pun intended with with Nelson Cruz, and that is kind of the sad thing. Pa is yeah, the whole thing's sad. We we've watched it's him, so sad. We've watched him step up to the plate and not care about whoever the hell it is. Yeah, curveballs working. Guy throws one oh one. Nelly doesn't care. He will put that 500 feet to the good no matter who he is up against. But the opportunity and the the carrot at the end of the stick with this team has been division championships and a chance to play in the postseason and make memories in October. And so Nelson Cruz gives us moments that get us through games for a 14-win team as we inch closer to just absolute summertime oblivion. Well, they got to bust out. I mean, they got to bust out. It, 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 it's going to happen. Tony Larusa was quoted after the game as saying, "Let's say I've seen a lot." Okay, yeah. <laughs> With all due respect, I've seen ballyhoo teams go through this, but when they bust out, hide the women and children. Yeah, and this team will bust out. I'm telling you, when At we're point. when we're here later in the season, this is a good team, and they're going to be a lot better. Okay, when's the bust out? I yeah. mean, it, is it close to? Do seam heads, do the Aaron Gleemans and, and Dan Hayes and Parker Hagemans of the world, do they sense a bust-out? Because casual guys like us, not raised, you know, uh, by VORP, we, I, 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 I don't know what to look for. I can't, I can't find it. No, the biggest talkers with this team right now is, should Mercedes have hit the 3-0 pitch against Astadio? It's so terrible and against the unwritten rules. Huh? We went from a stage where... Alex Kirilov, would he start the season with the big club? That was kind of a cool talker when the team was still down in four Myers. Now, uh, we're just hoping that he can come back and bring some of the magic that he's showing at St. Paul on a nightly basis right now. Yeah. We're rooting for Alex Kirilov yeah. to get back into this offense and provide a spark. Still weeks away from a Buxton bit, Donaldson, um, just as part of the, the aspect of this team being so bad no longer providing the spark that we were hoping he would, being healthy into the season. So I don't know when that, that jump out, that bounce out uh, is going to take place, but the, the problem is, even in a bad division, is it too late? Right now it feels like it is. Now, uh, as we head to break, give it to them. The oh, yeah. sounds of hockey and FM. Soak it in. Nearly our full squad is on the ice, and these aren't the sounds of hockey. These are the sounds of the wrong team being favored tonight. The wrong team is favored tonight. The Vegas Golden Knights are favored to beat us despite us winning 19, 19, 2 and 2 in the last 23 here. And we've dusted them three out of four times. The sounds of hockey, courtesy of Box in the Box and Brian Heating and Cooling from XL Energy Center, Nordo Produces, and I'm Paul Allen. Russo Radio around the corner on the the fan. Stop. 
Yes, 9 to Noon is here to tell you something good about the Minnesota Wild taking on the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Dean Everson, coach of the uh, Wild, joined us uh, right out of the gate. Started the show with Dean O. Started the show with Dean O. And um, he told us something good, at least uh, in the estimation of yours truly. We'll see what uh, Michael Russo from the Athletic thinks shortly when he arrives. Uh, but no lineup changes this evening. And... Um, the Wild and Vegas Golden Knights drop the puck. The guys playing the guys at um, 8.45. And uh, the Wild, as you can tell by the sounds of hockey, uh, they are going through their morning skate now. As uh, the incomparable Russo Radio joins 9 to noon. Putting a little anxiety on me last I, night while I was trying to call racism. I'm just trying, I'm just trying to hit a pick five with... Uh, a $653,000 pool, biggest in the history of Canterbury Park. think the radio show's all set. have written most of it between races. And then Russo Radio starts texting me about um, some scheduling or interviews, Zooming-related terrorism, and I'm like, I got Wallsy at 11 o'clock, and that's going to be fantastic. But having Russo's fantastic, too. And lo and behold, here you are. I'm glad we worked everything out. Are you okay? And good morning. Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, you didn't say good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How do I sound? Why are they skating so early? You for, sound great. That, I for think, an I, yeah, piece? I think it was just uh, that's how I. That's what I said to you last night. I'm I like, know. Well, you gave me anyway, anxiety. Um, yeah. No. The. Uh, you know, it was just. Um, I think they probably just don't want to change up their routines. Probably a little bit of superstition. They they know what they usually do for home. The problem is, it makes for a super long day. Uh, just getting back here, so uh, you know, even Vegas is not going to skate here until like twelve something. So. Oh, great! Yeah, I mean, it's just um, it's a little bizarre. There's no doubt about it. Any chance you can take your hat off and I can take a picture with the wild behind you in the morning skate, so I can do the. Uh, Why do the, I have to take the, my hat the, off? Well, the NHL Network cam that you talk about. What do you call it? Yeah, the uh, the bald spot cam. Oh, can can we do that? Um, I'd rather not. <laughs> Um, Somebody took one the other day, and I realized <laughs> that it's actually gotten so much worse. Propecia oh. isn't working. You, you know, you're, um, you know, you're. Um, how am I gonna, how am I gonna paint this? You're not a fan, okay? You are a beat writer, and you, you are objective, and you tell it like it is. So, with that known, your equity and your credibility, it, it has to be nice following and or covering a team. That has firepower, despite not being able to score, you know, the last couple of games. But is a good team that looks like it's getting better and could get better year after year. Just doing your job, wouldn't you prefer the team either be incredibly good or incredibly bad and nothing like middling, right? Yeah. Absolutely, and this and squad's good, man. No, they are. You have and to be enjoying this. No, it's been a it's been a fun year. I mean, even that's what's so to me strange about this series, PA, is that um, this does not remind me of the playoffs of yesteryear where the Wild had trouble scoring, but we knew why. Yeah. they didn't have finishers. Yeah. they weren't getting the scoring chances. Here, they do have finishers, and they're getting the scoring chances. And so, maybe the change in series now that they get back at home. Um, will allow them to to open up against a Mark Andre Fleury who's just been god awful in his career in, in at XL Energy Center. So wait, um, so maybe that'll help. Vegas um, is favored tonight. Yeah, Are you and, freaking kidding yeah, me with that. And, and uh, but I think Dean's got to do a better job in terms of um, you know getting Kaprizov's line out there against White Cloud and and um, and Haig in particular. I think that's the one mismatch that you can do. You know, the, the one thing I didn't like at the end of the game the other night in the third period in 
in uh, Vegas is that I felt Fiala needed help. And um, it looked like at one point in the third period he was going to double shift Kaprizov. He sat Nico Sturm, but that lasted one shift. But when it happened, I thought, all right, this is going to be the beginning where we're going to see him load up, get Fiala with Kaprizov and load up there. And, and he just never made any line tinkerings in the game where I felt that he definitely should have. So, yeah. um, you know, this is his opportunity at home. He's going to have last change. He's going to be able to dictate his matchups. Um, and I think that it's just in, incumbent upon the coach right now to really get um, get that line out there against better situations where they could uh, score. And if things are tight late in the game, you take Fiala and give him Kaprizov. We've seen their magic together on the number one power play unit at times. Yeah. Let's see it at even strength. Now, um, Everson, Dean Everson, the coach, started 9 to noon and um, confirmed there would be no lineup changes tonight. Now, it's not like there were rumblings that there would be, but, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, in, in, in our world of following everything from afar, you know, it's the fact that there are no lineup changes this evening surprising to you at all? No, I, I mean, I think that they like the way that they played the last two games, and especially last game they had plenty of chances to score. They played, for the most part, a, a really good game. Watching the third period again, I felt like uh, Vegas was the better team in the third, but the Wild were definitely the better team in the first um, and for most of the second, they just had a couple little breakdowns that obviously led to the two devastating goals against there by, by Tuck and Marsha. So, um, you know, I think that where you make lineup changes a lot of times is if you obviously have either an injury or you're, you're blown out in a game and you're sort of desperate here. I think the one thing here is, is uh, they want to give some of these guys uh, another chance. And so... Um, you know, if it were me, I would have at least considered putting Zach in for Johansson, but that's and then maybe taking one of those fourth liners, whether it was Benino or Bukestad or, or Sturm, and putting him up yeah. with uh, Fiala's line. Um, and because we all know at this point, it's not like Parisi's just going to jump in and play top six again. So I mean, yeah. either way, if you make that change, you're taking one of those fourth liners and moving him up. But they like Johansson, um, and so uh, if they well, like Johansson, don't don't you believe it is more. I mean, it's what they are, you know, what they feel they mostly are getting or can get during these games. Mm-hmm. But but it also, is there any cohesiveness within the locker room, um, you know, teammate cred, stuff like that? I don't know Marcus Johansson, yeah. so I don't know I mean, he seems if he's a like, popular guy on the team. Yeah, or I don't know that either because we're not around these guys. I mean, he seems like an absolutely great guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's certainly an you know, exceptional quote and, and things like that. So I'm sure that that's not an issue. I'm just trying to figure yeah. out what Zach can give that he's not giving. Yeah, I mean, to me, um, it's somebody that would be a little harder on pucks, uh, work harder, maybe not turn pucks over as much. But, you know, Zach at this point in his career with this organization seems to be playing a really limited role regardless. My problem with, with Marcus is, you know, I, I'm still baffled by it, why his numbers in Boston were so good a couple years ago when everybody said he had a great playoff because, um, you know, I, I see a player that's just not hard on pucks um, and and was, has been really careless with it and turned the puck over for the winning goal the other night. And, and that seems to be on a, on a continuous basis. But he has, you know, earlier, you know, Dean Evison has a lot of faith in him. He coached him in Washington. He's been productive in his career. The reality is, is that a, about a month ago, when this team started to play much better and Fiala started to feel like he found a, a line that he was playing well with, yeah, Marcus Johansson was a big part of that. And so, um, you know, I think that that's what they're they're going with. And the other thing about Marcus is that when he's moving his feet, he skates well. Yeah. And uh, my issues with him is he doesn't move his skate, his feet well. And I just thought the winning goal the other night was a great example of that. He turns the puck over, and then he lollygags back up the ice. 
and doesn't cover Janmark, who's the one that stole it for him, is the one that's first back behind the goal line that, that reaches the puck first. Got it. And then because he's also drifting back, nobody picks up Tuck, including him. Yep. So when that puck goes in the net, Johansson is just alone in the slot. Yeah. Defending nobody after he gave up the puck, mm-hmm. and yet the accountability for that never seems to happen with certain But guys clearly, Everson doesn't think it's a fireball offense. Uh, obviously, there's certain guys that he's just not consistent with the accountability with, and he's one of them. That's my opinion. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm sure Dean would disagree. The con. Well, and Dean, Dean was talking about it this morning the idea of beating Flurry, right? So getting pucks before he gets set getting them on him quicker, getting bodies in front of the net. We saw it on Dumba's goal with the screening, so limiting his visibility and attacking him before he gets set. How much do they actually have to change to make that happen tonight? Yeah, I don't think they have to change much. Like Even in this series, like watching the, the play again, looking at the heat maps as the analytics uh, folks put together and yeah. their models. Love the heat maps. Um, yeah, that was a dynamite the, story I read this morning, by the yeah. way. Well done well, with the, that. The wild, like they, they... The analytics and everything, man? They, yep. Um, trust me, I got help with that. Well, no, but you made it easy to read for <laughs> yeah. somebody who's not into <laughs> yeah. hockey analytics, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, but that is not, definitely not my cup of tea. I need, uh, you know, when we hire a sidekick, yeah here hopefully that that person uh he well, or she compliments me well uh i don't know how it works in expertise. hockey and football i mean um, in the two ultimate team games but, but, but anyway the, but the one thing i'll say is like i the feel co- like the wild are getting in his eyes like you know like you look at that first period skirmish uh skirmish uh first period scramble the flurry yesterday when uh erickson and felino were, were were pouncing on the loose pucks there and Suter shot it into flurry while he was on the ice i mean that's the wild are getting traffic uh the wild are getting screens. Um, could they do a better job? Obviously, uh, this team is uh, is has been a, a much better. The t- Wild have been good on the road for most of the season, but they've been a much better team at home, and uh, they score a lot more in this building as well. And so, I expect them to get a bunch of chances tonight. And that's why I like this matchup from the outset, is because regardless of what the outcomes have always been, with the Wild being mostly successful against Vegas. What I like about this series is that the Wild, almost every single time they play Vegas, get a ton of chances. So yeah. now it's just a matter of finishing. Uh, Michael Russo, The Athletic, theathletic.com, at Russo Hockey via Twitter. It is the Wild and Vegas Golden Knights, 8-4-5 this evening. Listen to the game at FM 100.3, KFAM. Uh, more on this series and uh, some league-wide stuff uh, when we return to Vox in the Box, courtesy of Brian Heating and Cooling. But first, uh, we have the cash thing with Brett Blakemore. Good morning, Brett. Good morning, guys. We do have the cash thing. The fans trying to put a grand in your hand with the National Cash Contest. Head to KFAN.com, enter the keyword deposit. That is deposit on KFAN.com for your shot to win more. Be the fan. You know, with uh, the wild in the morning skate now, uh, the sounds of hockey very much in play, courtesy of Brian Heating and Cooling. You know, I'm looking at the wild bench. I don't see the fifth coach, Anthony LaPanta. Hmm. He, he's not 
in, yeah. the, in the tunnel. He's not on the bench. What what happened? Uh, COVID. The best part of COVID is uh, Anthony LaPanza doesn't allow. He's not allowed of COVID. to. The event. <laughs> sometimes with the pandemic, uh, <laughs> PA. Sometimes with the pandemic, you got to look for the bright side. Yeah, the and serendipity. That's the best part of the COVID is that is that <laughs> Anthony's not allowed to go in the bowels of the arena. But how do you know he wasn't helping? We don't hear his voice reverberating around the ec- mm. the chamber during this uh, this skate. The mm-hmm. team is suddenly faster and explosive at yeah. home when he's, they stop bringing him down there. <laughs> How about that? A tangible result of him not being near the team exactly. and in players' ears is more speed and skill than we've seen yeah, in a decade from this team. So, but, but what I think is interesting is Bob Kurtz is down there. Yeah, I know. The bench exactly. With a mask. Exactly. So they've replaced TV with radio. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For the goodness of all of broadcasting and broad chasing. Yeah, so Dan Myers is now in the uh, bubble. He's uh Vinzy. He, yeah, so Dan is the Wild.com reporter, and he now is uh, he, he's allowed to travel with the team, and he's sort of in the bubble, and he's gotten really cocky with it, PA. He's down. Really? He's taking videos from the bench. Mm-hmm. He's in the corner. He's yeah. tweeting. He's hanging out with players. He's taking selfies with Parisi during the game. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not good. Zach, Zach did that? Yeah, he did. Oh my God! Yeah. I, and and Zach, I follow Zach. You got to hand it to Zach. He's well, got I know. A sense of humor. Well, I understand that, but I mean, and I follow Finzi on Twitter. How the hell did I miss that? Like I during? Know. Well, I don't think he's put it out there. Oh, yeah, I thing. see. But okay. to me, to me, you know how like you I love gosh. the word. You know how Charge the other day said like the the year on year indignities. Yeah, but that's the latest one. <laughs> that in the playoffs, Zach Parisi's <laughs> got to sit next to Dan Myers. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, and the and the one before that was playing in that fourth NFL preseason game against yeah, St. Know, Louis where everybody sat. And, and the one in between the two yes. was him skating with the taxi squad in Vegas. It's yeah. been tough to see. I mean, it's just a... You're an elite hockey mind. Yeah, it, it really... It's 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 been hard to see. I mean, just out here right now, the guy's working his butt off. He knows that he is just absolutely being cast aside here, and yet yeah. he's showing up every day and... and trying to put on a, a brave face, but this is not easy. I know that some fans roll their eyes at that. Oh, he's made his money, things like that. The, guy, the guy's a proud hockey player with four years left on his deal. He's a, a playoff performer, yep. and, and now he's just been removed from the lineup. Uh, what um, it's T-Mobile, right? Where Vegas plays. Yep. What um, what was it like with those fans? Like 9, uh, you know what? It was, or whatever? Yeah, uh, they do pump in a lot of a lot of sound into that building, and the game ops is loud, so it feels. Um, but but the fans in terms of eighty five hundred when they got up and cheered and stood it, it felt like eighteen thousand in there and the other thing that they do is the tapestry that they have on each um, seat that's not being used it makes the arena look correct uh, full both from the press box and on TV so they do a really good job there and uh, and that's just awesome arena the the Ian I'm not being touchy feely here mm-hmm. the Ian Cole elbow was unnecessary yeah. okay it, it it put him a man down. Vegas didn't score, yeah. but it it's if frustration from what Flurry is doing to them is beginning to get in the minds of the players, where they're not necessarily taking a run at Flurry, yeah. you know, to to get a penalty, but they're frustrated, so they're throwing elbows yeah. in cheap shop fashion. If frustration sets in, we're in trouble. Yeah, I don't know if that's frustration and had anything to do with Flurry. I think that's just Ian Cole. I mean, that that's <laughs> the one thing with Ian Cole that I've been super impressed with this year is that Ian Cole's track record is actually somebody that has the has the tendency to take some 
unnecessary bad penalties, and he has not done it with the Wild. When he does it, it's in, in hockey play. Yeah. You know, he's putting a puck in the stands accidentally. He's hooking a guy or something like that. You know, that play, he absolutely did it intentionally. He intentionally let the puck go by him so he could get the guy with a reverse hit, and I think it got a little haywire, and the league absolutely reviewed it. Because it's funny, the- because originally I was writing a feature on him and Benino today, and I decided not to, and I... I I wrote somebody with the NHL uh, Department of Player Safety after that, and so I'm like, hey, uh, so coincidentally, I'm writing an Ian Cole feature tomorrow. Any mm. chance he gets dinged? And he goes, I don't think so, but we are reviewing it, so I yeah. decided to be a little, uh, okay. just in case something happened yesterday. And he got, i got to be honest. That that replay on it, though, there is it didn't contact. Look as, uh, it's it, not the that's most what egregious the elbow the league, I've ever yeah, seen the in my The league life. reviewed it. They felt it wasn't nearly as bad as he the threw an elbow felt, to hit yeah. the guy. Yeah, but but uh, they felt like he sold, the guy sold it and all that oh, stuff. Well, he did. Yeah. But but no, the motion clearly was an elbow that was yeah. intended for somebody's face. And then face. what was super frustrating, even more so, not to co- not to belabor my point, but the Wild get this huge kill. Eric Sinek does such an amazing job to get the puck down, and then Joe Hansen gives it back for the winning goal. Yes. Oh. Right yeah, the, the turnovers are yeah. in there. Yeah. Uh, how have guys, uh, you yeah. know, Kevin Fiala with all those shots the other night, Jordan Greenway, how are some of these guys impacting the game and showing up in this series yeah. thus far, despite not being on the score Well, team? I mean, Fiala, you could see right from the very beginning of that game that he was there to play. And you yeah. could tell really early in hockey games when he comes to play, and he was trying to be a difference maker. And I feel for Fiala this year. I feel like he's sort of always been the sort of the afterthought when it comes to, because of the zuccarello Kaprizov chemistry, Fiala's the one guy that's sort of gotten the short shrift. And, and so, um, you know, he's gotten the, the, you know, sometimes the non-traditional center. Um, and he's gotten, obviously, a, a winger that sometimes is uh, sort of a revolving door. And so, um, you know, he's, he's trying to make an impact every night. That's what I like about him is that he wants, to, uh, he wants to win. And we've seen that in his playoffs before, and we saw that last year in the bubble. And he's, uh, he's playing really well for a guy that's not 100% healthy either. So... Um, you know, Greenway, I think, had a really good series. He's been physical. He obviously created the winning goal in the first, uh, you know, him and Felino created the winning goal in the first game. Um, uh, you know, some scoring chances and things like that. You still like to see him shoot more. Um, uh, their fourth line's been decent. I thought they were a bit of liability in their own end the other night to the point that Dean Everson really almost stopped playing them down the stretch. Yeah. I, I think that they have to be, you know, offensively they've created a lot, but in their own end they've been they've been tough. And so I think Zuccarello's been really good as well. Um, so now it's just a matter of getting some of these guys uh, scoring goals. If all of a sudden they leave game three tonight and it's another, uh, you know, low-scoring contest where they're not scoring and, and then, if, you know, if the outcome's a loss, obviously – then the pressure rat- ratchets up a little bit. You know, it's kind of a rube, dumb question because I know it rarely happens in the playoffs, but we've seen a bunch of 5-4 games with these two teams over the course of the regular season and now two very tight ones uh, through two games of the playoffs. It feels like we're evolving from a physicality standpoint. Like, there's it, there's almost got to be a fight at some point. Like, the, the chippiness, the, the back and forth, the post-whistle antics, whether it's the elbow from Cole mm-hmm. and, and some of this stuff that's starting to kind of uh, I saw Greenway just mugging Ryan Reeves the other night, just the biggest smile on his face, pissing off the veteran. Like, it feels like that's continuing to boil and could possibly 
overflow the pot if we continue yeah. to see these one nothing 2-1 tight games. Yeah, I mean, well, I think that it would be more so if a game got out of hand that you would see something like that, like if all of a sudden the Wild blow them out tonight. Uh, I think Vegas will get a little surly. Yeah. Uh, Vegas does not like the no, Wild. Uh, they feel like they're chirping. They feel like there's been some runs throughout the regular season, and they're tired of losing them as well. Yeah. But, you know, there's not a lot of fighting that normally happens in the postseason. I've been actually impressed that Reed's been has been as honest as he has this series because yeah. the way they were talking coming into it and then when all of a sudden Pete DeBoer started that line in game one you just felt like Reeves was going to go out and challenge a Felino or try to um, you know hit guys from behind and things like that Reeves has not done that he's been a, he's played just a hard game here where he does his normal antics after skirmish whistles and after whistle skirmishes and smiling and things like that but that's you know uh, that's his role on that team and and uh, He's another guy that, trust me, if he was in a Wild uniform, Wild fans would love him. And huh. so would the beat writers, by the way, because he's, like, the greatest quote ever. Anyway. <laughs> hey, Alex, that's all that matters, right? Are, are we going to stop getting Alex tucked here? Oh, Whether man. it was in the season, his ability just to lose people, I don't know if it was Hartman chasing him, but then it's, you know, we got blue liners choosing guys, and Tuck's just sitting there, yeah. back side of the net, front side yeah. of the net, anywhere in the freaking crease, he owns it, and he had those two goals the other night. Yeah, he's been their best player in the series, even game one, he was outstanding, he's fast, he's physical, he goes to the net, he's, yeah, it looks he's, great. he uh, scores. Why'd you we know? give him up again? Well, it's a shame the Wild can never draft a player like that. Yeah, <laughs> should have drafted um, No, but, like but I know it was expensive. Related terrorism, yeah. right? Yeah. But, so but, he just wasn't protected and they took him? Is that what it was? No, no. Uh, well, they took Hala. They yeah, traded to him. get them to take Hala oh. and sign him to that extension and not take Dumbo or Stahl oh. or people like that, they gave him Alex Tuck. And, okay. You know, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't see the Wild giving up a prospect, but I guarantee you. Remember how at the beginning of Bill Guerin's uh, season here in the offseason, he basically, we're going to lose a good player. We're going to lose a good player. We're going to lose a good player to Seattle. I guarantee you now we're going to see Bill Guerin have to make a move with Seattle. I don't think it'll be a prospect, but could, would it shock me if they give up a second-round pick to protect Talbot, say? Yeah. Or or get them to say, all right, you know, you take this guy, but please don't take Talbot in this defense. You know, I could see that type of thing happening. And, um, and, and it would not shock me. I don't think a second-round pick, too, also is a huge price to pay for something like that if it's a long-term decision. Where, you know, or he didn't want to give up seconds and firsts and thirds were at the trade deadline for rentals. But if you're, you know, if you're stabilizing your goaltending for the next two or three years by getting them to take and you're giving up a second for that, that might be something that he has to do. Because, uh, you know, we've made such a big deal about what are they going to do with Dumbo? What are they going to do with Felino? What are they going to do with their, you know, are they going to go 7-3-1 and one or 8-1 and one yeah. with their skater, with whatever protection route? But, you know, suddenly we're looking at this team, and they've got, you know, Kakinen and Talbot, and one of them is going to be exposed. Yeah. So, um, you know, that is something that they might have to do. You know, another one that would be tragic to lose, like we're all assuming that they're going to take, like, a Susi or a, a Dumba if he was exposed. But, you know, like another one that I think is, is somebody that they would look at is Nico Sturm. You know, he's he's somebody he's that has fast. To, yeah, and he's just he's I don't know he's a hockey player you yeah, know? and and he's somebody that you'd he's hope, tenacious yeah that you'd hope they build around and and you know maybe in this organization especially if you're going to play Eric Sinek in a you know a top six role that you could develop Nico Sturm into a third line center that'd be unbelievable. You think um you think the Krakens G one or two goalie one or two <laughs> will be Alex Stalock? Um, could happen. Yeah. Um, they have a lot. They'll have a lot of uh, choices at center at, at goalie. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of good goalies that are going to be exposed to them. 
The problem that I see that Stalock is going to deal with is this is going to be a long time that he hasn't played meaningful hockey. And no right? doubt. And it's 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 just it, what a sad situation that's become. And, yeah. and the fact that he's not a, near his newborn. And, and they lost kids, last and, night, right? Yeah. Um, and he now, watches it from the yeah. equipment room, yeah. which is even sadder. Yeah, no. That'll make for a. Should tell him and make for a good athletic story one day. Oh, I will. Yeah, yeah, I, I'll when, get the tears flowing. Yeah, he's excited to, excuse yeah. me, when he gets back. Yeah. Uh, then that, that certainly could be the time. You know, speaking of last night, you got any big opinions on that regular season game that was played? Was it? The, how about <laughs> what the hell's going why, on? Why, you know, why are they you know doing another, that crap? You know what another problem Anna that I went have over, with this which is was that for today at 5 p.m. Eastern is <laughs> when all goals. the... Today at 5 p.m. Eastern is when all the media has to turn in their voting and broadcasters and GMs. So GMs vote for the Vesna, the, the, the broadcasters vote for the Jack Adams. We as the Professional Hockey Writers Association yeah. vote for everything else. The all-star teams, the all-rookie team, uh, Norris, Lady Bing, Selkie, Hart, and what Calder. What about that Calder? Yeah. But normally we have to turn this in by 5 p.m. the eve of before the first playoff game. So the, of the, fir- the so if say the first playoff game is on Wednesday, you have to turn it in an hour or two before. Yeah. Now you have all the regular you, you have and we're not supposed to take the playoffs into consideration. Yeah. But now all of a sudden, you know, there could be people that do that. I mean, you know, if you you're can. voting for the Calder today, but you have a hundred voters, and they're saying, "Well, you know what? Kaprizov hasn't been very good." Oh my you know? God! Or like, or what if you're, you know, somebody that says you're a broadcaster and you had to choose between Quenville, Evison, and Brindamore for Coach of the Year, and you're looking at Florida being down 2-0 yeah. and Carolina being up 2-0? How is that just going to magically not appear in your brain when you're yeah. doing your votes? I just think it was a bad decision by the NHL N- to nine- allow us uh, that extension. Just because a couple freaking regular season games in Canada are so going dumb. On, it's so yeah. dumb. I got three things and I oh, got to okay. get them in quickly. Uh, Max Pacioretty. Yep. Any steam he made the trip? Yeah. Uh, he, they'll be on the ice at 11. Yeah, I know. We'll see. Uh, you know, uh, he hasn't been practicing, so that's the thing. And I don't know. I mean, I saw him in the press box the other day and he looks like he's fine, but obviously something's going on. And the fact that he didn't play last game, I mean, mm-hmm. such a huge loss for them. I think we see him in the series. I don't know if it'll be tonight yet. Speaking of um, speaking of goaltending, I shared the story on the radio, I think, uh, yesterday or within the last couple of days. I mean, you, you text with so many people and have so many conversations. Do you happen to remember the time, March 14th, you left me on red uh, via texting <laughs> when I was like, okay, now granted, I had just held the hand of a lady who died four hours prior after eight days of in-home hospice that I was running. Yeah. So I was mentally pear-shaped. And I texted you saying, Talbot, uh, Talbot today? Uh, or... Yeah, and you said yes, and I said, and I texted why. Yeah, and you said shut out yeah. or something like that, and and and, and you I said so what, Kakinen's better. I, you were, <laughs> I, I, I go so what, Capo's better. Yeah, and you left me on I red, know, and didn't I, write me back I, for a I week. Just decided, well, I oh knew my that god, you, were, you could throw that back in my face. I knew you were dealing with some stress, and I didn't want to add to it by saying, "Are you out of uh, your mind?" God, you're um, the best man. By the way, just can I just a bit, home playoff game right now? Left me on red. You know, just home playoff game right now, yeah. and Zach Parisi skate with the taxi squad. It's just weird, right? Yeah, yeah it's weird. I understand, yeah. but I mean, I, I, like, I get it. But it's hey. just weird. Like, like right the now, he's with, handling it, 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 down it's, there. It's it's, it's Zach Parisi and Joseph Cramarosa and Who? Luke Johnson and Dakota Mermis and Johnson. Kyle Rao and Andrew Hammond and yeah. Brad Hunt. It's just so strange to me. Wait, that's the Hamburglar? Yeah. Oh my God, I I can't say I've ever seen him in person. Yeah, wow. I like the Hamburglar. Look at the Hamburglar. Yeah. Um, have fun tonight. Yep. Appreciate See you, bud, and uh, thanks for making time. Yep.
Uh, 9 to noon continues around the corner. Uh, we break from hockey and chat uh, with the Burke bit in truncated fashion. Then Walsey, as in West Walls, joins at 11 o'clock. Vox in the Box, Bryant, Heating and Cool. The Fan. The wild morning skate has come to a conclusion. It is anticipated the adversaries, the Las Vegas Golden Knights, will hit the sheet. The guys hit the sheet 45 minutes from now. Game 3, Stanley Cup playoffs, XL Energy Center this evening. FM 100.3, KFAN, Kurtz and Reed on the call. Kevin Fallen is by their side. Uh, That'll take place uh, this evening once again at um, 845 Noted hockey historian Matt Burke joins us for the Burke bit. <laughs> hey, uh, Berkey, kid, when, when's the last time like you were in a fight? I mean, a legitimate Donnie Brook where you landed puncher punches and puncher punches were landed on you. Oh, it's been at least uh, at least a few weeks. <laughs> can, can you can you can you imagine? how difficult it must be to fight on skates uh well for for someone like you or me yeah it would be extremely difficult i mean i think for hockey players it's probably you know second nature they spend as much time on skates as they do on their feet but uh it's more just the the courage and the toughness that is to to fight not just to fight somebody but to fight somebody in front of literally millions of people um (laughs) because we all know the fear in the fight it's it's one it's, it's, you know, getting hurt. But then it's number two. I mean, if you get knocked out, everybody says, ooh, you got knocked out. So that's, that's, Brad, that, that's the bigger and risk. If you, if you have the chicken bleep gene and see, sometimes the fights, you know, they're, they're predetermined because of things that happened earlier in games or earlier in seasons. So they're like kneeling over around the, you know, around a circle waiting for the, the face off, knowing, once that puck drops, gloves are coming off, and they're going to fight. And if you have the chicken bleep gene, you must be essing your peas as you got some some enforcer next to you saying, "You ready? You ready?" Yeah. I mean that that's just yeah. the 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 nuance of what goes into that, man. No, they definitely hockey definitely has the best kind of code, and it's a code based on really on honor. You know, not and I'm not going to I'm not a hockey guy, but I do understand it enough. You know where. It is, um, I mean, there's just certain things that are understood and, uh, nobody, I mean, rarely, rarely, rarely is there a fight where, you know, it's not a big guy picking on a little guy. Like you said, it can be predetermined. Um, it's always fair. You know, guys, they square up on each other. There's no cheap shots. I mean, much better than, you know, baseball's the worst, right? These pitchers <laughs> that throw at guys with the ball and, oh, yeah. and everybody runs off the benches. It's just, it's stupid. Football, yeah. there really is no, Retaliation, or you know, there's nothing like that, and, and basketball kind of the same way. So it's it's really a it, it's really a really cool thing that, that that hockey has, and it's been it's been it's been the code for you know probably for forever. Well, a, a basketball's the worst because they'll they'll huff and no, they'll baseball. puff. Baseball, really, because like basketball, they'll huff and their they'll they'll huff and they'll puff, and they'll get close to it, but then they'll recognize. Their agents will get involved after the game, and if they get hit in the face, it's going to mess up their opportunity to go to the club or subsequently no. what transpires after. Baseball's so, worse. So, so why is baseball worse? 
Because well, you get the guys dummy, from the cause... bullpen. You've seen this, Berkey. The guys running, they jog out of the bullpen. They jog 350 feet just to say that they participated <laughs> and they backed up their teammates. And then they got to jog back. And it's ridiculous. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'd I say this. So, so hockey's the best. Basketball is actually number two. Football is three and baseball is four. Because here's why. Because at least in basketball, once in a while it does get real. And there will be, you know, guys get mad. They just say, forget it. Like, I'm just, I'm going to throw hands. And so I respect <laughs> that. Uh, football, you're wearing a suit of armor. I mean, all the pushing and shoving and whatever, that's just dumb. And then, I mean, it's just dumb. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just adrenaline. You're just, you're just fired up. You know, you're not going to do anything. I used to go to guys all the time, you know, like a little pushing after this. I'd be like, come on, let's go, let's go. And they just laugh, you know, because like, what are we going to do? But baseball, I mean, somebody hits a guy, so three innings later, you take this ball and you throw it at a guy's head who had nothing to do with the first thing. Yeah. And then you stand there and you, and there's so much jaw jacking. And then, you know, once in a while you'll get, uh, you know, Pedro Martinez throwing Don Zimmer to the ground, and it's just kind of sad and <laughs> pathetic, the whole thing. Yeah, that, that you know, and, and I believe it was Don Zimmer whose nickname was Popeye. Not only with Pedro Martinez, I think you may have nailed it, Burke. Do you remember pitcher Dave Stewart? Oh, sure. Okay, like the the Oakland A's. Well, see, in baseball, you got some of these older, rotund coaches who try to get in there and separate things, and, and they get cold cocked by, like, Dave Stewart, and the weeble wobbled, and it did fall down when, when, when he caught Zimmer. Um, uh, he, he just went, I mean, he just went right down. So, I mean, you got to have your head on a swivel there, ain't no doubt about it. And, and when I say best fight or best, yeah, fight situation I've ever seen, it's probably not the right way to put it because fans were involved. But Palace, uh, the malice at the Palace. When Ron Artest and Steven Jackson for the Indiana Pacers went into the crowd um, at, oh, yeah. uh, when they were playing the Detroit Pistons, that sucker was nasty. That That's the nastiest fight that I've ever seen in a professional sports event. Yeah, I think, I think nasty is a good, a good word to describe that. But let's, let's give, I, you know, again, I, 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 was, I, was, I wasn't a Pedro Martinez guy, and then I kind of was when he was talking. <laughs> and when he, when he said, oh, the Yankees are my daddy, but... You know, Pedro Martinez was not a big guy. I think he weighed like 145 pounds. So mm. good for him, at least when when they were out on the field and everybody's done. He found the one guy that he could take, which was Don, <laughs> which was 89 year old Don Zimmer. Like to me, you know, discretion's the better part of valor. Like mm. when you're in that fight, like you don't you don't look for the biggest guy. You just look for a guy you can take. <laughs> um, do we have squares tonight? Uh, I don't. Yeah, I think we do have squares tonight. I should know that. Bro, um, you should know. I mean, it's 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 play. It's squares playoff hockey. Are you kidding me? I know. I've, I've been busy, Paul. It's been it's been a, it's been a busy busy stretch. Uh, busy. We you might got have a, squares tonight. Check the app. Check the bu- app. <laughs> busy. You got a Super Bowl ring, a beautiful wife, thirteen kids, and Disney stock is up. What else do you have to do? <laughs> Disney stock's up because my kids keep buying stuff on Disney Plus. <laughs> That's why it's up. Uh, this is Matt Burke wow. at Burke Matt via Twitter. Um, let me see I'm not on Twitter. Get, get the sound going. Hold on. You hear this? Uh, I was trying to play that Super Squares uh, music for you as I went into my app, trying to see uh, what we got going on. Upcoming games. We got prizes. Do we have Rivians? What do we have going we with go. Super Squares in the playoff mode, Burke? What are we doing here? Uh, I hit upcoming games, and the Christmas colors don't pop up. All right, well, maybe we're not playing tonight. I don't know. We, we've got, we, no, no, the one thing you always know about Super Squares, we've always got prizes. we got the motorcycles and yeah. 
all sorts of other stuff. Let me ask you guys this. Well, I, I can't I mean, fit on that Indian mini bike, by the way. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Your kids can. You, well, you, 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 you got to teach your girls how to ride a motorcycle young. So when they start dating guys that are riding motorcycles, they know how to handle themselves. <laughs> well, yeah. Be, uh, be, <laughs> I mean, what, what do you want his daughters to follow the path of who? Uh, Mama Cass or Janice Joplin? What are we doing here? Oh, oh, oh Paul, like you, you don't, you don't secretly have a thing for biker chicks. Come on, like let's be honest. No, um, we'll, we'll just go ahead and leave that right there. It's um, to each, okay. Their, to, okay. Each, to each their own. Uh, some like Disney stock, some like playing the uh, the crypto thing. I mean, it's 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 kind of uh, up to your taste, right? If you can open a Let bottle of beer with your teeth, I'm in. Let, let me. I, I want to ask this: How many people are allowed in XL Energy Center tonight? Forty-five hundred. Uh, super special, forty-five hundred, Berkey. That is like the lamest thing ever. Oh, shut up! It's bet. No, the lamest thing ever is zero with a freaking pandemic killing people. This is no, 40, not forty-five. Forty-five hundred is so lame at this stage where we're at, and this is the wild. This is playoff high baseball. I mean, that is that is. You know what? Like Dante Culpepper said, you guys, it used to be in the sound bank when they played the game rapper crap. He'd say, that's crap. Yeah, that's crap, man. <laughs> that's crap. I feel you. Uh, um, football, before you go, um, and thanks for your flexibility in joining the show. We're at XL Energy Center. Brian Heating and Cooling, Box in the Box, sneaking up on 11 o'clock. Uh, this came up 9 to noon yesterday. Um, I, I did a, um, I did a uh, you're familiar with Dunkers, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, the Dunkers yeah. Club. Yeah, the Dunkers Club. It's it's Minneapolis Immortality. Uh, Leah B. Olson, Dave Mona, Bob Hagen do terrific work running it. So, I I hosted a conversation yesterday with uh, Rick Spielman, the general manager of the Vikings, and we're talking sure. about the offensive line. And I'm like, I'm like, left to right, Minnesota Moving Company, your offensive line. Darasaw Wyatt Davis, the rookie from Ohio State, left guard. Bradbury, Ezra Cleveland, right guard, and uh, Brian O'Neill, right tackle. All right, man, you know, and, and Spielman was like, you know, every job's open, A, B, C, and D, and, and we've heard that before. That's cool, man. But then I, I brought that up to Nordo on, on the radio, and, and he asked me, which triggered me to ask you, if you got a rookie at left tackle, now granted he's a first-rounder, so he's supposed to be good, and then you have a rookie next to him at left guard, is that like a no-no? Because if the option is moving Cleveland to left guard because, you know, he just gained so much experience in his first year of his life playing guard, <laughs> that, that you know what I'm saying? Is that even a thing, Rookie uh, ha- having rookie next to rookie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely a thing. I mean, what's the first big road game for the Vikes on the schedule? Well, we're going to win at Cincinnati. It's it's at Arizona when you bring Patrick Peterson back to the Valley of the Sun, Davey. Well, I mean, wherever you play on the road, it's loud, it's intense. Uh, yeah, I mean, ideally you would not want two rookies next to each other. I mean, when you go down that line, it's like, geez, if that works, that's pretty. that'd be a pretty incredible young group to have and be interesting to see how you how long you could keep them together and how, how good they could get. But... Um, Ah, uh, geez, that's. I mean, you are you are living dangerously, my friend. If you okay. want to roll out there with a rookie, rookie, third year, second year. I mean, that's 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 not a lot of that's not a lot of experience. 
Yeah, I understand that, you know, but but yeah, it makes sense. I mean, yeah, yeah, you it makes a lot of sense because some of these road games you have, man, specifically the game the Vikings are going to win at Baltimore. I mean, when you're going against that non-obvious three-four and you got rookie into rookie into third-year center, you know, instead of winning forty-two to seven, now you just might win twenty-eight fourteen, right? Yeah, no, I mean the Ravens—they just—they just line up in the same look every time and just <laughs> just dare you to block them. It's so it's so simple. Hey, do you want? Hey, do you want a really valuable piece of information? Paul? Yeah, yeah, I want to know squares right. is taking place tonight because I want some pedos. No, this is valuable now. Okay, when you leave XL Energy Center today at noon, you leave it at noon. Um, yes, eleven fifty-five. All right, you go down West Seventh, just two blocks. Okay, there's McGovern. Yeah, you park in McGovern's. You go see Pat Bamer. You walk into McGovern's, and for lunch you order the hot turkey sandwich. Oh. Now you think you know what a sandwich is. This this resembles nothing like a sandwich. You eat. You have to eat it with a fork and a knife. You can't pick it up with your hands because it's doused in gravy. You get the hot turkey sandwich at McGovern's, and you can call me later to thank. Mm. Uh, that that's an unbelievably good tout. In fact, I may take you up on it. You know, because if you drive even farther that way on West 7th, then you get to Johnny and Pat Mancini's place, and I haven't been there in a while because every time I walk in there, I feel like I see six people I owe $1,000 to from bets I made back in the 90s. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Every time someone like you walks into Mancini's, your life is in danger. (laughs) Um, Thanks for the time, bud. Have a good day, and I'll see you next week, all right? Love you guys. Bye. Love you, too. Matt Burke, at Burke Matt via Twitter, even though he claims he never looks at it. Uh, back to uh, hardcore NHL and wild conversation. One of our very favorites, the captain, former captain of the team, Wesley Walls, joins 9 to noon when we return to FM 100.3. This is your Vox in the Box leader, the fan. This is the fan. West Walls, Western Canada, correct? Yep. Um, uh, former captain for the Minnesota Wild. The dance moves you just unfurled? Next time you do that with this bumper music playing, give us a heads up. I was going to come around. And, so we can and, get the cameras going yeah. and put it on Twitter. I get a little, hey. I get a little excited when I get inside the building. It's playoff time, man. Yeah. Are you kidding me? And the, the fact that there's going to be 4,500 people in this building, I hit, I listened to Matt Burke before I came. <laughs> <laughs> Matt isn't obviously very excited. There's only 4,500 people, yeah. but it's better than, it's better than what we went through last year in the bubble yeah. where the fans or the players didn't get a chance to play in front. Yeah, of a bunch fans. of cardboard fat heads that's, in that's the first it. row. Well, that's sure, awful. Yeah, I'm sure the the fat heads and cardboard uh, cutouts. I thought they thought all the wild players or all the players in the NHL did a hell of a job last <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Matt, 4,500. <laughs> people here tonight yeah that's worse than zero people a pandemic nobody vaccinated and thousands dying every day yeah i get it matt well done well let's just uh let's just uh tread lightly on that one and just be thankful that we (laughs) 
be thankful. And what do you got. want to move into the breezy conversation yeah, after that? No, thanks. That's good. But uh, but no, listen, it's <laughs> uh, we got we got forty five hundred people in here. It's gonna it's gonna feel like there's fifteen thousand people in yeah, here. Yeah, especially if they're all heavy. I mean, if you get forty five hundred people who weigh two seventy five or above, Nor it's gonna feel so like yeah. it's gonna feel like nine thousand people. <laughs> it'll look like nine thousand people. I don't know what it'll sound like. Uh, instead of doing temperature checks at the at the front door, they'll do cholesterol checks. But I mean. <laughs> You, you want a way to make, make it look big? Just think about that. Yeah. Um, let's get this out of the way. No surprise to yours, truly. Not in a lead hockey mind, so, like, I'm not making segments out of this, but there's been a little groundswell with social media and wild fans and everything, you know, with uh, with, with Johansson and the turnover and Parisi not playing, where when Everson said no lineup changes tonight, said at 9 to noon, 9.14 in the morning because we break news, I was like, that's the right decision with the way they're playing, you know. And I, I ain't taking shots at Zach, but they're playing incredibly well. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree a hundred percent. And uh, I, I think one of the other, you know, I'm just putting my coaching hat on too. If, so if you keep, you know, if you pull out Sturm or you know Bukestad or, or whatever, then then you lose a faceoff guy on your on your fourth line. Yeah. So to have Benino and Bukestad take faceoffs on their strong faceoff dot, that means they're going to start with a puck. Your fourth line will start with a puck 65-75% of the time. And Dean likes to use his fourth line in all situations, offensive zone, defensive zone. If you don't have those two guys, maybe as a coach you're a little bit more tentative in, in, in uh you know, in, in putting your fourth line out on the ice. So that's that's just maybe one of the things that I'm thinking about with Dean. But I I mean I'm with you. I just I, I thought the Wild played an amazing game in game two and if i mean we could honestly be us sitting up two nothing right now if it wasn't for mark andre fleury and uh, but the again like the playoffs you know there's a lot of roller coaster rides with emotions you got to be able to control your emotions uh just continue to play the way you're playing and um and live with the results i mean if the goaltender comes in here and if he goes john sebastian jaguar on the bit then you just got to tip your hat and say it's unbelievable this has happened again but uh I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to how the Wild come out here tonight in Game 3. Well, it, it, it behooves 9 to noon to give you a fist bump and uh, make it public and say, late happy birthday, because you mentioned I'm, I'm, I'm channeling my inner coach. And I'm like, damn, that's right. He, 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 you did coach with the Tampa Bay Lightning. How long was that? Was it a year? No, I coached uh, for three years out wow. there in Tampa. So after I, uh, that's cool. A couple years after I retired, I coached some high school hockey too, which always was a lot of fun. Oh, I, actually, I remember that uh, the Raptors. I still have the unbelievably cool sweat. <laughs> remember that sweatshirt scam I was running? Oh yeah, I had like 36 embroidered high school hockey Don't or football worry, sweatshirts. I know. My boss told me you have to stop doing this. It's beginning to. It's starting to sound like plugola. Well, it was a bit of an issue. I know. Anytime I come into the studio, I'd, I'd be walking over boxes and trying to figure out a way to get to the microphone in the, in the studio. So, so, yeah. so um, uh, West Walls, happy birthday as of May fifteenth. And I called that up. I just I searched West Walls coach Tampa Bay because I remembered and that um, from from wow. And you were with Torts during that time? No, I was with uh, Barry Melrose. And uh, Barry Mel, oh, Barry Melrose lasted sixteen games. Um, How'd that happen? Barry Melrose is a head coach. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was an interesting uh, dynamic for sure. In that, was he good with the Kings? Uh, was he a good coach? Did, now, didn't he? Well, who, for whom did he play? He played with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay. He probably played four or five hundred games in the NHL and coached in in uh, L.A. with yeah. Wayne Gretzky. Was there? And I went through the run in '93 and. Uh, coached with him in Tampa. He got gassed uh, 16 games into uh, 
into his tenure there, mm-hmm. and then Rick Tockett took over, and uh, so basically coached with Rick Tockett. And, uh, well, this is awesome. Rick Wilson was there, obviously. He was a wild assistant coach as well, too, yeah. so that was a fun staff. But this is awesome, because being a former captain, playing as long as you played, playing to the, the conference finals, and having coached, this the, the situation with Parisi, I mean, you must have a level of appreciation, whether you want to share or not, on many levels, because, well, first, let's start here. When you were playing, were you ever in a situation with anybody where, like, you weren't active or things were weird and you had to push through it? Yeah. I mean, my whole the first half of my career, I was the, uh, you know, the first six years of my career, I played half of the games and half of the games in the minors and half of my games in the NHL. So I was the guy on I ninety five up and down from the minors, <laughs> sitting in the press yep. box, so. stopping at Diamond Joe's, getting me a bet against the Twins. <laughs> my bets wouldn't have been quite as big at the uh, at the end of my career as they were, you know, at the beginning of them yeah. at the end. But um, yeah, I, I went through I went through all those situations at the end of my career. I, I retired when I was thirty seven years old. Uh, probably a little older than Ryan and Zach, maybe another year. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, Jock didn't use me uh, as a, as that checking centerman. You know, my my second, you know, the last two years of my career. Who do you use over you? Uh, you know, Miko. Or, you know, Miko got a lot more, pretty good, a lot more reps. Yeah, yeah. he did. He got he a more, good lot career. more reps. And 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 you know what? He was younger at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I understood all of that. I, I really did. And uh, I wasn't. Was I happy with it? No. I just went out and continued to, to do what I could do to try to help the team win. And I'm sure the situation that Zach's in right now, you saw him. You know, after practice, working on his game. How weird was that? Yeah, to uh, see him out there. I not mean, that weird. We've been watching it now yeah, for, yeah, for that's for true. Two First weeks, time so I've not, seen it though. You know. Yeah. Well, we've we've seen it here for for a little bit here too but um you know I, I obviously there's everybody you know with social media everyone's got an opportunity to speculate but uh um you know marcus johansson you know he's he, he hasn't put up the numbers that that everyone kind of expects him to but putting again putting on my coaching hat if i'm playing if i'm playing at home and i if i have to take marcus johansson or victor rask out of the lineup and I've got Kevin Fiala on my team. Who, who? If there's one offensive player on the team, a guy that likes to take chances, okay, it's probably Kevin Fiala. I have to have two very good defensive players playing with him. I just do. Yeah. And Marcus Johansson is a very good defensive player, despite what you heard about the goal the other night. I mean, he's a, he's a really good defensive player, and and so is and Victor Rask is a good defensive player. He just is. He's he, is he flashy? No, he's not. But he's a smart player. So anybody playing with Kevin Fiala, you got to have two great defensive players with him not one so if you take zach out of the lineup one of those guys go maybe you get a little bit more with zach on the fourth line offensively but i think as a coach dean's looking at it more from a defensive standpoint and kind of protecting one of his major assets that he has in kevin fiala why do you think you see kevin fiala skate like 100 miles an hour he's able to just do what he wants to do because he doesn't have to worry about the defensive responsibility so that's just me not being in the mix not knowing exactly what's going on but just being from a from an outsider kind of looking in from the outside but from from a coaching standpoint, I mean, it takes it takes bleeps the size of church bells to do to do what he did. I think maybe yeah. not. Well, because if that message, if what if what is happening by making Zach a healthy scratch does not go over well in the room, it impacts players. You know, or it could go the other way, where you know they they have a singular focus trying to get to the cup, and and maybe it makes them mentally tougher. I don't know. Maybe it's absolutely nothing, and it was the stupidest question Listen, I've ever asked. Since Dean has come in, look at the results of our team. How can you argue with what's going on? Ain't no doubt. Nineteen games over five hundred. We're 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 slugging it out with the, with 
arguably the best team in the National Hockey League. We're punch for punch for them right now. No doubt. Coming into the coming into the series, there was some, you know, can we hang with them, can we not? I can tell you, even the players in the locker room, they're probably thinking that a little bit. This is playoff hockey, it's going to be different. Can we play with them? You get out there, you know, halfway through game one, and you're like, guys, we're here. We can yeah. play with these guys. Yeah. Like, we're, we're a shot away, a save away. Now, now they feel that. And uh, you know, hopefully that trickles off into into what we're going to see here in the in uh, here in St. Paul in Game Three and Game Four. Wes Wall is calling the game this evening on uh, Bally Sports North Plus with the hair apparent. Of course, the game's on KFAM with Kurtz and Reed Falness by their side. Eight forty-five for the puck drop this evening. Game Three, Wild in Vegas. Uh, more with the captain when nine to noon continues. Uh, but first, we got Double B with some money. We got some money for you. The fans trying to put a grand in your hand with the National Cash Contest. Head to KFAN.com. Enter the keyword work. That is work on KFAN.com for your shot to win. More Voxy the fan. See long down Really wanna know where you're going. Maybe when um uh, Wes Walls, former captain of the uh, Minnesota Wild, Twitter is at Wes Walls three seven three seven at Wes Walls three seven three seven. I think and, it's uh, just Walls three seven three seven. Walls three seven three seven. Thanks, Nordo. I haven't looked at it in that's well at Walls. Yeah, well, except when. When hockey school time of the year comes around, is that that's August, right? Yeah. Um, is is can people sign up for that now? Because I know you've done it for years, and a lot, and and kind of has some buzz behind it with people who attended and people you bring there, and you know, I know when there were preseason games, you would like bring them here and stuff like that, yeah. but. Tell us about the school. When does it begin, and, and what do people get out of it? Yeah, we started uh, eleven years ago with just like one group up at the uh, up in Blaine at the Super Rink with thirty kids, and it's kind of just morphed into uh, uh, through the last ten years into a huge camp. And uh, we've got five different spots for kids. It's St. Louis Park and Lakeville, Woodbury, Blaine. We've Gosh. added a fifth week out in uh, at the end of beginning part of September and mm-hmm. August out in St. Cloud because there's been just so much demand. Sweet. And it's I, it's one of those camps where you drop your kids off at uh, you know 8, 8.30 in the morning and pick them up at 4.30, wow. uh, 4.35 o'clock. Sure. And, uh, I don't know what it costs, but I mean... Yeah, I, I mean, it, well, <laughs> the value for the hockey school, for our campers, you get four lower bowl seats to a preseason game. Yeah. Uh, and there's, I know there's going to be some pre season games coming up we got wild players that come sign autographs uh 25 off at the lodge so there's so much value for what you pay to go to the camp our instructors are absolutely uh, amazing top of the line and i'm there almost every day uh working with the kids doing some you know power skating stuff and i like to work with the green biscuits with the kids working on their hands and things like that and um Bright Heating and Cooling have—they're our only our only sponsors, and that's the way we want, oh, it, to, want, it, want it to be. And, and they, Mike they, Daniels, yeah, he's unbelievable. Oh, you know Mike? I do know Mike, and uh, Packers fan, but we forgive him uh-oh, for that. Oh, yeah, that's right too. Um, so they—they've done a, an unbelievable job helping us with the hockey school, and they—they've given so much back to youth hockey um, in this state of Minnesota. So we're forever grateful that they're involved as well too. But yeah, if you if you are interested in any information on the camp or want to register, it's uh, wild.com slash hockey school. Wild.com slash hockey school. 
Brian Heating and Cooling uh, doing whatever it takes. I mean, that's the slogan. I've endorsed them for years. They they sponsor Vox in the Box. Yeah, they're the best. And um, and seriously, I mean, not turning this into a, a BHAC hour steel infomercial, but you know, when when I relocated like three and a half years ago, I had a little move. And of course, I used AAA movers, and you know. Before. <laughs> uh, but and then you, know, you used natural lawn to make sure that grass was looking good. Well, yeah, and the the porch, Timber Tech, and Home Pro America. But uh, but anyway, um, I digress. The the it was Pronto Heating and Cooling, which works with Brian Heating and Cooling, and the work they did. I needed a new furnace, and the work they did with that man. I mean, they are just so professional at what they do. But then I learned more about the company and about how much they give and the time they give to kids and their community awareness. I mean, they take whatever it takes to a new level, and I'm glad to hear you say that, man. That's cool. Yeah, for sure. And I, that's exactly why uh, why we're so excited to be involved with them, just the, what they give back to the community. And they do it quietly, too. That's the other thing that's unbelievable about right. the company. So. Yeah, which is key. Yeah. Uh, the um, What was the ride home like when Bruno daggered the abs? Like, what was that whole vibe like? <sighs> well, didn't we? I think we. I don't know if we did. We play the next night against Anaheim. I or uh, Ve- come on. I think no, no. Because that we, first Vegas game was like a Saturday game or something. Yeah, yeah. That's that's right too. I, Not I, Vegas. I, Anaheim. Anaheim. Yeah. I, I really. Ugh. I don't. Re- I don't remember. Of course exactly. you don't, because you guys were all bombed on the charter. No, are you kidding me? <laughs> our team, like we never. There was no alcohol around our our team with Jock Lemaire as the coach. We we didn't have. Plus, we knew that if we couldn't, we couldn't be drinking after games and stuff when we had a game two nights later against the Anaheim Ducks. But uh, isn't that one of the true false perceptions with team charters? I yeah. mean. If I've called, let's say, 380 Vikings games, let's cut that in half, that many charters. And that many, you know, you get there on Saturday at 4, 4.30, got a game the next day, you're back home the next night, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. But people, you know, will text me after a big win or, or a, a bad loss. Yeah. And they'll be like, that plane flight home must have been terrible. Or, wow, that plane flight home must have been super exciting. You guys are so freaking tired after these games, and the coaches are so drained by watching all the film and not sleeping. The, yeah. the flights are all the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and we might have been a little more tired than most teams just because Colorado had the puck the whole, all of Game 7, and we were chasing them around the rink. If that wasn't for uh, Manny Fernandez in, in Game 7, I know Bruno scored the big overtime goal, but I think I think Manny had 45 saves. I mean, we got wow. so outplayed in Game 7. It was the one game out of the seven games that we actually deserve to lose in Game 7. And, wow. uh, again, we talk about luck, the bounces and things like that and getting great goaltending. That was the biggest reason, Manny Fernandez, that we got out of there with that win. Hey, uh, we have it. Sounds of hockey. The adversaries, favorites tonight, series tied at one. Let's give it to them. Ladies and gentlemen, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. It's a, They're skating 16s, forever facing kings. And they keep hitting and getting nines. Is that the flower or is that Leonard right no, there? No, that's Leonard. That's, Leonard, that's uh, Robin Leonard? He goes about 260, that guy. He's one of the biggest goaltenders. He's 6'4", well, he's listed at 240. Who's but. this assistant coach with the aggressive curly mullet? Oh, I'm not 100% sure, but. Wow. That thing is sweet. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, if you're Dwayne Shintz's from back in the Florida Gators days. Yeah, but yeah. that's the 702 look, though. It can be. One interesting thing is I, I haven't seen Mark Andre Fleury come out yet. Yeah. Uh, most goalies on game days like to feel the puck just a little bit. Um, 
we from here we can see the guys come down the chute, and I haven't seen him come around the corner yet. So I'm. Do you know what Pacioretty looks like? Uh, he is a left shot. Yeah, it's it's so hard without with. If Pacioretty's not out here, it'd be sweet. Yeah. We're looking for number sixty-seven. Yeah, yeah, they're not wearing numbers. No, it's it's On hard to find. It's uh, Ryan Reeves, though. Oh, that's not him. Sorry. No, that's uh, Colasar. But <laughs> yeah, my another, bad. He's another big boy. How about Reeves and Greenway fixing to mix it up the other night? Yeah, yeah. I, I heard Michael Russo talk about uh, uh, Ryan Reeves as well there too, and I couldn't agree more. He's been like I thought for sure that we would pick up an extra three or four power plays through the first two games because <laughs> Ryan Reeves was coming out of the shoot and wanting to kill somebody, but yeah. he's been very, very disciplined. And um, he, he's, you know, he's. I think he's averaging ten hits a game, so he's still hitting everything that moves, but none of the extra curricular stuff. So he's he's been a good player for them in the first couple of games. So, uh, West Walls nine to noon. Some of these sneaky little, um, some of these sneaky little clean shots that are put on players in hockey, but specifically in the playoffs. Man, I mean, I, I just the the resonating effect they have is, is something I wouldn't know. What I'm talking about, game one, uh, Kaprizov. Okay, so, oh, see, see the Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, Verizon right? sign, yeah. Okay, half wall, right? Yeah, half okay, wall. Okay, so Kaprizov turns it over over there. Okay, so, you know, I tell the F.A., everything that, I ain't going to bash on the Russian kid because we ain't here without him, and I love him, and he's a yep. bona fide superstar. Everything that now happens is a result of that turnover, you yep. know? So it's a bad turnover. That was a bad turnover, but then he picks the guy off at the half wall and gets the puck out. And the little shot he took right after getting rid of it, legal shot, yeah. hurt. But just little things like that, man, how they resonate during the course of games and players looking for players later to get a little one of those in. I'm just fascinated. I just love it, man. Yeah. I think it's so cool. I mean, listen, if you're the coach of any team in the NHL, your best players, they need a little bit of leeway. There, there he comes is. Mark Andre. That's yep. great. Um, uh, I, you know what? I hope he falls down and chips a tooth. <laughs> <laughs> you, honestly, if you ever met that guy, I've had a chance to meet him. You would love this. Guy. I love it. He's I got bet a, he's the coolest. Dude. He's I got, got the, so much respect for him. He's it's, got it's, the biggest smile underneath his mask. Yeah. And people are so fooled by the smile he has under his mask, but he oh just wants God. to pull your heart out. That's how competitive that guy is. But <laughs> I want to go break COVID protocol and stand behind the net just to like get him scared or something. Yeah, getting back to your turnover situation. You know, if you're a head coach in the NHL and you've got star players, I mean, you don't. You just. Some guys get a little bit more room to make plays. You cannot take the stick out of the hands of your skilled players. And the reason oh, Mark you, Stone. The reason oh, you can't is simply because they, cool they carry a good chunk of the scoring. So, anyway. See, we used to do this with you, man, when, when you know we were here and you were the captain, like looking down at the ice when you guys were really good. Mark Stone, of course I've known who he is. I'm an elite sports mind. But when it's like knowing exactly who he is and what he does, and then I'm watching him walk through our guys, and I'm texting Nordo going, oh, my God, is Mark Stone the most underrated offensive player in the NHL? I mean, i got to be honest. He played out in Ottawa for so many years. I didn't know a whole lot about his game. Mm -hmm. When they signed him to a, was it eight times nine or something like that, I went, geez, Vegas is being aggressive there, giving him nine million a year. Gee. Um they obviously knew what know what they know what they had. I mean, he's uh, now he's the captain of of the team since uh, uh, this is his first year being a captain. But a, a guy that is not one of the fastest skaters in the NHL. Every time he has the puck on his stick, PA, yeah. he makes the right play. His reach is unbelievable. It reminds me a little bit of Yarmir Yager, a right-handed Yarmir Yager that has all kinds of reach and ability. Mm. And his the way he sees the game. 
is just elite. He sees it differently than that. He come through the Damn. neutral zone. He had, in in uh, Vegas, he come through the neutral zone the other day. He had four wild players around him. He was exhausted at the end of his shift. He just kind of weaved his way around and then made a nice little soft play so his player could skate onto the puck. Just uh, he does things. Uh, you, How you got, frustrating is it to face a guy like that, where he's not beating you with his speed, he's beating you with his head, and in some ways, just the smooth savviness of puck handling. Well, you, it's hard to beat players with you know with, that are that are so smart uh, because they just know where the puck is going to go before it goes. So yeah, you know if if you got some guy who's speedy and 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 just flying around the ice, you always know where he's going to be. With this guy, it's it's just hard to defend. He reminds me so much of. Anse Kopitar, the guy that's good at putting it through the hole down there for a hundred bucks, twice, twice, yeah, and he, gave me my money back. Yeah, that's 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 uh, yeah, that, that was a good guy. But anyway, he's uh, he's just he's a smart player. I love watching. I was a skater, but I love watching players that are smarter than other players. It's just uh, it's it's next level stuff, and uh, he's there. So Kirill Kaprizov, by the way, has the exact same hockey IQ as as Stone does. He is that smart of a hockey yeah. player. His his uh, intellect and yeah. his ability to read and know where the puck is going before it goes there is what separates these stars. You know, before before I ask the final two questions, as the um, as the Golden Knights are full throttle in their morning skate right now. Holy cow, are they excited? Man, this is going to be so cool tonight at eight forty-five. I can't wait. If you just look across the arena, and I'm not going to take a picture and put it on Twitter. This is radio. It's theater of the mind. All I will say is this. For the Las Vegas Golden Knights, they have those two sitting in the stands doing some of their media relations work. (laughs) And we have Finn's guy and Gorg. I'm just going to leave it at that. What are we doing here? What are you talking about? Dan Myers and Finns and Gore, those guys are the best in the business. They're elite. They're come on. Yeah. I know they might not have blonde hair. I didn't know the showgirls who are like hired by Dan Snyder to distract teams. Yeah, they I didn't the know they trips. traveled. Well, I didn't, I didn't know they were tier did one. They, did, did Vegas take a, a page out of uh, the Paul Al- Allen project and the distraction factor the other day? I, did I read somewhere in the... Well, uh, I'm during, distracted right now. No, but listen, yeah, during, it was only on the visitor's side. On the visitor's side, they got the yes. showgirls down in the corner. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Well, that's what Dan... That's next level stuff. That's like is. Mark Stone. Oh, well, yeah. That's like Kirill Kaprizov. But see, that's what Dan Snyder, when they were called the Washington Redskins, used to do, and they got reprimanded by the commissioner. He would have his, his cheerleaders, the cheerleaders, the dancers, whatever... They would stretch, okay? Oh, they would stretch their hamstrings right in front of the visitor's locker room All right, that, I'm not right sure before that that the game be and right before <laughs> halftime ended. Come on. Well, what are we doing here, Listen, Dan? these athletes are so dialed in and focused before games. They ain't looking at any of that stuff. <laughs> hey, I got to ask. So funny. <laughs> yeah, but they're thinking it. <laughs> I got to ask you a you super. You get one look, Wesley. You know that. I got to ask you a super stupid question, Wes. So watching the Wild skate this morning, it looked like they were working on getting pucks to the net. They were doing, like, two-on-one drills and things. Now what am I looking at at Vegas, and how do those two things contrast? Well, there's there's more players on the ice right now for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, so the, a good chance that they never skated yesterday when there's this many guys out on the ice. And uh, this is more of flow drills just to get a little sweat um, in the morning. Um, the wild side of things, I didn't see the morning skate, but that would have been more of, uh, if you said they were two-on-ones and getting shots on that, that might be more of a, a in-game focus that they want to try to get more pucks to the paint against Marc-Andre Fleury. And, and one of, there's an interesting stat that was that is out there. I mentioned this to Anthony Lopanta. We'll probably bring it up during the broadcast. He'll use it as his own. 
The uh, Mark Andre Fleury is for twenty-five with minimum twenty-five games played. He's yes. he has the second worst uh, rebound control out of any goalie in the NHL. So he's seen uh-huh. like yeah. Think about that. Like so, he, if he gives up a rebound, it's terrible. Well, he no, he gives up yeah. many oh, rebounds. Excuse, yes. he, he like he gives up lots of rebounds, like right near the bottom of the league. So he, we've been shooting so much at his glove. There's not a lot of stuff laying around. Yeah. So even if we don't score on the left side of his body, there's gonna you know if he sh- we shoot blocker side a little bit more, there's a better chance of there's being loose change laying around there. It might be just something yeah. to think about if you're inside the uh, locker room there. If you're the wild. Hey. Wes, I'm tripping here. Gerard Gallant. Yep. Like, what went wrong there with him? Oh, man. Well, he got to the I top. Don't know. I mean, how, how am I supposed to know? Oh, I'm, but I'm saying, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I know Peter DeBoer's the coach and everything, yeah. but, like, was was he unceremoniously fired or something? I mean, maybe there was a flim flam. It is Vegas. I mean, got I, those people out there flipping those cards. You never know what's happening. Did he get fired because they didn't make it to the finals the one year? I mean, they make it to the conference finals twice, and they made it to the finals three out of four years, so it's it's hard to believe that he was gone, but he's not going to be out of a job soon here in the National Hockey League. I think there's four or five vacancies right now. Okay. He, he won't be out of work long. Okay, now with Marc-Andre Fleury, and I know you have to go here soon, um, thinking of uh, penetrating a hot goalie, all right, back to when you played, like, did, did say when you played, Ken Dryden was just impenetrable. Like how how would you go after Ken Dryden back in the day? I mean, you I, played against Ken Dryden, right? No, I what? didn't. But I got a lot of his hockey cards still sitting in a in a <laughs> tool shed somewhere. Yeah, the joke didn't work. Yeah, no. Uh, so forget that. Uh, getting Kaprizov free with the way they're treating him, the coach in West Walls, the player in West Walls, and what you've seen. How how do how does he get free? Well, I mean, Dean Evans is, is not going to share his like what he's going to do with matchups, but I can I can pretty much tell you what he's going to do. Vegas did the way the Vegas Golden Knights played in Vegas. They want to have Theodore and McNabb on the ice against Kirill Kaprizov all the time. Got it. That was a hard matchup. He didn't care about the forwards. I want Theodore and McNabb on the ice 100. percent um, And Kirill Kaprizov, they did a great job against him. He didn't score in the two games. Uh, he still Kirill played hard. He played a 200 foot game. But you got to give Vegas credit. Those guys, Theodore, I think I think he finished twenty plus twenty eight right near the top of the league. One of the best defensive defensemen in the NHL. Um, so you're going to see tonight for sure. I don't know if it's going to happen right away, but I would be shocked if Dean Evison continues with that matchup. So expect to see ninety seven playing against guys like Petrangelo, uh, you know, the, and, and Martinez, and yeah. potentially the number five and six defensemen McNabb and Hague. So but that's going to be something I'm watching for tonight. But listen to that. I mean. Blue liners three and four, Petrangelo and Martinez. Yeah, but, the, but Petrangelo is not even cl- in the same category defensively as as Theodore. Theodore. Yeah, like not even close. Yeah, like you can't even put the two in the same in the same. So that's just sense. the last change bit. That's a, a lane, one that's, of the advantages. Yeah, of being, and, and wow. to be honest with you, Dean Evison is not a that's big sweet. hard match guy. Uh, but Erickson Eck is going to be playing against Stone all night long, and Brodine and Dumba are going to be on the ice against them. And I'm, and I'm positive tonight Dean is going to do his best he can to get 97 away from those two guys. How now, about Erickson Eck Caprice becoming off. the guy you match up against great players now? Yeah, that doesn't shock me one bit. And uh, those guys, that line is so good defensively. It's one of the major reasons why we're 19-2-2. and is like When you can put Erickson X line out against the other team's best line and then have Jonas Brodeen in the back end mm. it's 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 hard to score 
And uh, it's been quietly a big reason why the Wild have had so much success. Not only are they unbelievable defending, they've been able to make offensive players, you know, pay the price, and they've been scoring so many goals offensively. So it's a double-edged sword, and uh, that's going to hopefully continue here again tonight. When it, when it last one, I promise. When it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs this year, when I say the name Pat Maroon, what do you think? I think heavy. Okay, you didn't see what I saw. I see beard. Let me ask you this. Um, okay, you didn't see what I saw. So they beat Bruno's Panthers in that second game. Okay, okay? and I know Bruno's Panthers. They got some injuries, stuff like that. You know, they were they were kind of shiny and steamy into the postseason. Yeah. You know, with uh, with like um, Stanley Cup winning odds dropping. A lot of people saying good things about them on NHL Network. Barkov, this Huberdo, that whole thing. So. Tampa Bay beats Florida at Florida in game two. Pat Maroon did a chicken gesture. And, and like, I saw it on NHL Network, and he's barking at somebody, okay? Okay. And then somebody for Florida, it's right at the end of the game, somebody for Florida said something, and then he's going, like, buck, 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 with, with his arms, the chicken gesture. Okay. And then he goes, no, all of you. Buck, 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 buck. It's one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. So you're watching that on television. How do you, how do you know that he wasn't talking to the bench about maybe potentially meeting at Chick Fil A after the game for uh, <laughs> well, for dinner or lunch? Well, wait, you but but you have the edgy gene and you yeah. have some tough guy to you. So what do you do Nothing. if you're with the Panthers and somebody does that and embarrasses you like that, that Pat Maroon? Who cares? It oh doesn't, come on! There's no fighting in the if playoffs. If somebody looked anyway, at you man. and called you a chicken, you'd want to whoop their ass. Nah, no. Nah, listen, that like, if you I mean, don't lose your edge. <laughs> that, that stuff gets so hey that stuff gets so overplayed in the okay. playoffs i mean it just it just really does plus none of it matters because tampa's playing with a 108 million dollar ca- uh, payroll yeah. right now and everyone else is at seven colorado kicked the bleep out of st louis last yeah, night I, 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 they scored a goal 18 seconds in i'm like what's happening i here? went to i uh, went to bed uh after the first period because i had to get up early this morning i think the shots in the first period were 17 oh, to 4 i think the God. final was 6-3 so they're 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 laying a beating on St. Louis. Uh, David Perron not in the lineup hurts that team for sure. Yep. Mark Andre Fleury's looks like he's um, he's what? Get, he's getting uh, peppered. He's getting peppered. He's getting lit up just a little bit here early this morning. Six three Colorado. Yeah, it probably should have been. You know, Colorado was minus three sixty yesterday. Uh, I don't minus three sixty in a freaking postseason game. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I don't look at that stuff. <laughs> of course you don't. Nope. Um, have fun tonight. Thanks, I can tell Mike. right now you're excited to call that I am. game, boy. I am. It's going to be good, and um, I definitely will check it out when I get back from the racetrack. And um, have a good day. Thanks, Thanks for stopping PA. by. Thanks, Nordo. West Walls, uh, don't forget about uh, uh, the hockey camps beginning hockey in August. School. Hockey schools. Wild.com slash hockey school. No S. Hockey school. Wild.com slash hockey school. Get that kid right. Uh, with the hockey school um, all over the place, including St. Cloud in August. 11.41, 9 to noon, continue. The end of fan. Yeah, we have a chance to go up too in, in the series, so you know we should be playing desperate and hungry too. So I feel like it's just going to be more of the same of what we saw in Game One. We don't expect anything different from uh, tomorrow night, so we need to have a push uh, earlier um, so that we don't get behind the eight ball and we'll rely on our goaltender to make. Um, multiple key saves to keep us in the ballgame. The Golden Knights go to work here in the offensive zone. Try and work it free. Get it back to the right point. Shot by Theodore and double over to make the save. 
holding on here is Talbot face off to his left. They get it back out to center here with the Benino turnover though. Back in for Vegas coming in. Carlson with a shot a big save. First real big save of the hockey game there by Talbot denying William Carlson holding on. Off the faceoff, one here by Vegas, back at full strength. They get their uh, player back, Marsha Show. Greenway holding the puck in the offense, it gets in front, Erickson shoots, he scores! Erickson in overtime at 3.20, and Minnesota wins game one. Well, the, you know, the... The Parisi, the, the, the Parisi thing yeah. sucks because it's Zach Parisi. Correct. Likeable guy, Minnesota hockey immortality. You know, he's played in the Stanley Cup with the Devils and has obviously done a lot of great things during his career. But, I mean, you know, having, having worked with or closely with a pro sports team, granted NFL, as long as I have, I just always know... That, that there is more than even Russo Radio knows. Absolutely. And it may only be one thing, but it, it there has to be one thing here that is non-obvious. People can guess at it, you know, and, and whatever that has transpired where this coach and this general manager, they've made a decision, and they're not going to back off their decision. Yep. So, you know, honestly speaking for you, if I'm wrong, I apologize. We don't really know enough about Johansson and or Bukestad outside yeah. of the draws and outside of the face-offs for Bukestad with what they do to know if, from a playing standpoint... That they offer more than... Right. Well, what is transpiring involving, oh, thank heaven for number 11, is right and just. Yeah. I'd have to absolutely say it is because you, you have a, a general manager very new to his job, a head coach even newer to his job, and the last thing they're going to want to do is put valor before discretion and, like, you know, I'm going to draw a line in the sand, damn it, and you're not going to win this negotiation and you're not going to talk to me like that and I don't care if we get swept 4-0, you ain't going to win you ain't going to win this argument. Yep. Zero chance it's that, you know? Right. Yeah, the way that I look at it, and you kind of touched on it a bit with both Wes and Russo. These kids don't seem to care that Zach isn't in the lineup. So, And that, and that's with all respect that is deserved of Zach Parisi. Mm-hmm. So under the cover of darkness, whatever the decision, whatever led up to the decision that's been made, the coach is steadfast in it. The key that you mentioned as well, the general manager has to be on board with it. Otherwise, there's no chance Billy G is letting Everson make that sort of a decision unless I think they're in lockstep. Yeah. But I also, again, without knowing much about Johansson, I can't imagine that Zach could do anything but help, even if it's one moment of a game. However, if in totality, yeah. there's, there's, if, if he is taking away potentially in the effort of just that one moment in a big game, if he's taken away from the totality of what we're seeing, then you just have to respect and give the coach and GM the benefit of the doubt until the tide turns the other way. And with the way that Everson put it, he said, I love the way that they responded in game two. They got the goals, obviously, because we got Alex tucked. 
but we love the way that they responded. We love the way our team talk, is playing. Center ice talk. Yeah, he's, how freaking big he is! Oh my no, god, he looks awesome, and he's and we had him in our yoke. Yeah, he was here. So the key for me is that this team doesn't look as much as as weird as it is to say it. This team doesn't look like they miss Zach. Yeah, and so as long as that is the case, I got it. And until you know it proven, it's proven otherwise. You can't necessarily give them anything other than the benefit of the doubt. Now, um, so the Vegas Golden Knights morning skate is coming to an end. Uh, likewise for the radio show. Yeah. How much of an OG is Marc-Andre Fleury? Oh. He came out for the morning skate, took like 20 shots on him, yeah. and left, and everybody else kept practicing. No, he, he, That's G right there. Morning skates for show. <laughs> yeah. Game yeah, three. Nice job, dope, bud. Maybe. Cheers. Appreciate it. All right, uh, 8.45 on the fan tonight, game three. Wild and Vegas, Golden Knights, and we aim to bust the 7.02. Can't wait. Paul Allen, thank you, Brian, heating and cooling. Nordo, thank you. Brett Blakemore, thank you. Everybody have a good day. Bye. Podcast today's Paul Allen Show. Or listen back to previous show and interviews by going to the iHeartRadio app or KFAN.com.